Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is The Blue. It was written by Matthew Sanderson, and it's included in Blasphemous Tomes, uh, Issue 7. Our game master is Matthew Sanderson, and this is a one-shot. So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So the picture as we open, modern day, plus a few years, depends on when, when a certain uh, beer bug disappears. But this is a set in a post-COVID world where the world is slowly getting back to normal, and particularly in the Bahamas, the tourist industry is starting to get back on its feet. We begin with a single plane flying in fairly low over the water, approaching Long Island on the eastern part of the Bahamas. So an island that runs roughly northwest to southeast um, to the little airport just outside Stella Maris. The plane touches down. It's one of those affairs where it's a single aisle straight down the middle of the plane. There's a row of seats on either side, just one seat on each side. And there's a handful of people on board. It's not like this is a major international airport. This is more of a charter flight. So people slowly start to get off the, off the airplane. There's a group of five people, you might see on the screen before you, that start to climb off the plane. And we'll do a quick round of introductions so that everyone knows of how they're dressed, uh, what they're carrying with them, how they're acting, and then we'll, we'll go from there. So just starting... As people, I see people on my screen. We'll start with Chris. Uh, I'm Chris uh, Headley. I am a marine biologist. Uh, I uh, I studied at uh, Miskatonic University, and then uh, I uh, I've recently moved to Nassau. Um, I've been studying some stuff. Um, I was contacted uh, uh, in order to come out and survey this blue uh, hole. So. That's why I'm here. What I'm very, I'm I'm dressed very casually and comfortably because it's warm and it's humid, and uh, I've got quite a bit of equipment with me uh, for safety reasons and for uh, for measurements and, and so forth. But I'm mainly interested in seeing the uh, the animal and plant life in the area, and uh, I honestly doubt seriously that I'm going to find much in the hole itself since it's supposed to be fairly new. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Okay, and next round we've got Courtney. Courtney Brent, rescue diver. I grew up in the Bahamas. Diving's my passion. Served in the Coast Guard for 10 years, uh, saving people. Uh, then decided to set up my own dive school. Um, have been very successful doing that. It's where I met Paige. And um, yeah, I'm also dressed quite casually and I've got all my diving gear with me as well. Good. Next round, Gary. Hi, uh, Gary Fairburn. I'm a diver and a uh, surveyor, graduated UCLA, uh, semi-retired, mostly working for uh, oil companies doing deep water surveys, um, living down in the Bahamas, and I pick up jobs here and there, not because I need the money, but because it's fun and I can get paid to dive. Just very casually, uh, quite a few duffel bags of equipment, electronics, surveying devices, 
and uh, it should be a piece of cake. Looking forward to it. And next up, got Paige. I'm Paige Spears. I, I was born and raised in the Bahamas. I've lived here for most of my entire life. Um, I studied at the University of the Bahamas before going to get my doctorate of, in geology at MIT. Um, always been fascinated with, with the earth and rocks, um, especially uh, uh, beneath the water. Um, and that, uh, that kind of niche of research has led me all over the world, but mostly I study here in the Bahamas. Um, the diving training required to do that is where I met uh, Courtney. Um, and we've been together ever since. And I'm just excited to have another opportunity to be working uh, right here at home. So dress very casually, just, yeah. Nice, and uh, last but certainly not least, Peyton. I'm Peyton Tyrone. I am a photographer, uh, work for National Geographic, have done award-winning photography of uh, sharks and other wildlife. Um, I was born and raised in the Bahamas. Uh, and I have, as long as I could hold a camera, I've had one in my hand, um, filming, uh, and taking photos of wildlife is, is my passion. Um, I'm currently wearing a shirt that says, don't feed the sharks and has a picture of a shark on it and, um, a pair of hiking shorts and, uh, flip-flops. So I am also quite casually dressed. All right. There we go. So this, this group that could be mistaken for, uh, say, a bunch of tourists, probably, apart from the fact they're carrying a lot of, uh, a lot of equipment with them, uh, come off the plane. And over by the very modest terminal building, there's a group of three individuals waiting for you that pretty much wave, wave you down uh, before you are able to pass by them. There's two ladies and a gent there. Uh, quick photos of them you're aware of who they are you've been given uh photos and probably done things like a zoom call with them beforehand just to arrange that you're going to meet up uh, at the airport so these are your your contacts for your chartered boat to get you over to the the newly discovered blue hole we got jillian who you're aware is the uh, the captain of the boat that you've been assigned the uh, the griffin you've got roger who's their first mate and Michelle, who's the uh, dive instructor on board, because they run dive charters out there as well. Right. So they wave you down. And hello, over here, we've got a uh, got a table set for you over at the resort. We thought we'd uh, get you some dinner, uh, get you some dinner before we uh, go bed in for the night. Well, that's nice. Cool. Yeah. That is a kind of round of introduction shaking hands roger in particular is quite uh, quite enthusiastic and quite happy and bouncy his smile doesn't seem to disappear he just uh, seems to remain permanently in place and yeah the quick montage sequence as they lead you across from the airport pretty much across the road and then down another street uh, to get you to the other side the eastern shore of the island where there is a lovely resort and hotel there's a dock which lines alongside the shore itself where various boats and yachts of shapes and sizes are, are docked. Um, otherwise, there's a kind of central horseshoe shape of buildings. There's a large swimming pool. There's a gym inside as well. There's a large reception area. But then otherwise, the accommodation is a series of like, chalets and lodges which dot around 
the area. So it's not like a central hotel, one big building. It's it's nicely scattered out. And as of course, you've got lodging already set at the resort. Uh, you simply check in. Um, as bellboy will come along and take uh, take your bags and deliver them to the various uh, the various mm. lodges. You've each got a separate lodge, unless otherwise specified. And within a half hour or so of having got your equipment all set up in place, um, you relocate to a lovely restaurant where there's a à la carte menu. Uh, some pricey stuff on the menu, so this is not a uh, not a cheap holiday uh, destination. But otherwise, the uh, the three crew from the Griffin sit down in, uh, sit down at the various t long table with you and pitch up conversation. It's Gillian that starts off with saying, well, I'm, I'm glad that the, the tourist board got in touch to, to give us this job to get you out to Conception Island. Um, but I'm a little stuck on the, on the details. What, what kind of thing is it you're planning on doing out there? We haven't been filled in massively on a lot of the detail here. Well, I don't think there's any any secret about it, is there? I mean, there's a there was recently a small earthquake um, a few days ago. There's a, 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 a subsidence that's taking place. Uh, uh, I mean, they're calling it a blue hole. They want to see if it uh, it's safe enough to explore and you know becomes more. Uh, of a tourist attraction. Um, so we're just going to measure it and um, survey it and make sure everything is safe and sound and not dangerous. And that's pretty oh. much it. I don't know exactly why they told, pulled, pulled all of us, but most of us are, are pretty solid experts in the field. So um, I mean, I imagine cave diving is quite dangerous, Chris. I imagine they pulled me in pretty specifically for oh, that yeah. reason. It's a very specialized skill. M many people die every year attempting to cave dive. It's, we just, you have to be very careful. We just don't have any idea what it really looks like. I mean, it's new. Of so, And that's, did, weren't you telling me on the airplane over, Courtney? That's rather unusual. It's usually these, these sort of things are ancient. Yeah, the holdovers from the last ice age. I've never heard of one that just appears. They're, they're old. Yeah, I mean, the forces at work that, that make caves in the first place, that water action takes an awful long time. My guess, and I'm not, I'm not the geologist, uh, uh, Paige, but uh, could it have been like the roof of a cave that collapsed? Oh, there could have been some kind of like igneous rock uh, amid the sediment the sedimentary rock of the ocean floor um, and that inconsistency uh, between the rock layers, but that intrusive layer could have caved away perhaps mm -hmm. uh, during the earthquake where the rest of the surrounding rock didn't. Um, but it's until I get a look at it, we can't really be sure if the rest of the rock is around as stable because it could all just be collapsing. Imagine at the end of the, oh, sorry. At the end of the day, the, the tourist board and the Bohemian government wants to make sure that it's not going to collapse on anybody. That, that's their major concern. Mm. They see in dollar signs here and they want people to come and swim in their new cave. They also don't want anybody to die. You know, well, of course. That really wrecks the, the tourist uh, stuff. Well, Blue that's holes why are, they're sending us. Blue holes are really good for the tourism industry. Mm -hmm. Belize gets thousands of people every year at the Great Blue Hole. Wouldn't how, know how, how many 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you wouldn't know just how many blue holes I've been in to to photo, uh, you know, to do photos of all of the wonderful wildlife that lives there. They're beautiful. Oh. Um, there are a lot of them that have beautiful large mako sharks, for example. And I would love to see if there are any of those. Um, those sorts of sharks in this hole. I know it's brand new, but it would be very interesting to see if wildlife has already started moving in. Yeah, makos are pretty much worldwide. So um, as long as we're not feeding them, right? Well, I don't intend to feed them. They they've been known to be curious when you know, you like go spearfishing and you've got a a struggling fish on the end of your line. But um, since the 1500s, there's only been nine mako sharks attack anyone so they're not that dangerous you're far more likely to get hit by lightning than you are to get attacked by a shark the hammerheads you got to watch out for them they're also endangered so no killing sharks if you can't help it oh no sharks are lovely animals is this a um sorry go ahead go go on is this i'm going to ask them is this a uh preserve is this a marine preserve where the um Okay, where yeah, the all, uh, blue holes formed. All of them nod at that point. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Conception Island is a, is a national park. Yeah, mm, okay. uh, both above and below the waterline. Uh, it's a bird sanctuary on the island itself. There's uh, quite a a long um, losing the words uh, a long reef uh, oh, yeah, coral reef that goes out to the that goes out to the north. It's the uh, the Southampton Reef. So it goes for quite a few miles, based nine starts. or ten miles, I think. Yeah. yeah. So about one of the longest continuous reefs in the whole of the Bahamas. Um, there's a couple of uh, dive sites that are recommended up there, mainly because there's wrecks that have crashed on the reef, and then they've uh, so they make good wreck diving sites. Um, otherwise, a lot of the other dives take place around the Conception Island Wall, off to the southwest, uh, where, as as you mentioned, yeah, we do get a lot of makos out there. Um, although there's there's a reasonable amount of game fishing that takes place around there because uh, it's more long fin makos which are on the endangered list. Short fin makos are uh, quite predominant all over all over the world, and it's it's short fin population that we've seen there in the past. Uh, they you do also have whale sharks too, don't you? Occasionally, yeah, yeah occasionally in deeper water. It's it's fairly shallow around Conception Island, apart from the wall itself, and then just drops off into oblivion. Uh, you can see a couple, um, both uh, Gillian and Michelle, uh, kind of look kind of sideways over at Roger, who you can see his smile is beaming again. It's, they're kind of almost counting down in their head as to when he's going to start talking. And as soon as he gets a chance to get a word in edgeways, he's like, "Oh man, the the sharks around there and the sword swordfish, man." I, we, the amount that we've been able to pull out of the water there has been like world-class fishing. Uh, one, one of the best uh, sword fishes we pulled out of there took five of us to get on board. It was so Ooh, big. That's a big and one. And he uh, starts to go on a little, uh, kind of maybe you think slightly inflated uh, discussion about or other regaling of the game fish that he's pulled out of the area. But yeah, it seems like he's, his, main, his main thing is fishing. Well, I mean, the ocean provides huge bounty for food. And uh, 
I always thought it was silly when people stuff those shark those those fish and stick them on the wall. I'd eat them. <laughs> oh, we we mainly let them go. It's oh, well, that's yes, yeah, just sports fishing. Yeah, it's mainly it's the joy of bringing it in, going that's a beautiful animal, right? Put it back. Someone else can have it now. Yeah, mutilating a big fish with a hook. Hmm. Letting them go. Um, I'm I'm very eager to to see what we can find. I'm, I, like I say, if this is a recent cave-in, I'm not really expecting to find much in the in the hole. This just happened a week, weeks or two, week or two ago. That we seven seven days. This is Jillian, kind of you can see, kind of processing. Yeah, it's about maybe seven days ago, I think the word of the tremor hit, and then I think six days ago, the there was a wasn't it a plane that went over and said they they saw, they saw something. It. Right. Yeah. My guess is that uh, give it a year. And you'll have corals starting to grow, and it'll uh, it'll be quite spectacular eventually. I mean, just seeing stalactites and stalagmites underwater is is very fascinating too. Yeah, um, Michelle pipes up at uh, that saying, "Yeah, you know, we've we've seen a few of them. There's the uh, the wall is where we mainly do a lot of our a lot of the dive charters that we do out there. Uh, there are the occasional cave openings." in there but they don't go at least not swimmable anyway they're not very deep you can't go that far into the wall uh, into into them but there's, there's a few few bits and pieces there which are quite nice it's mainly just a nice uh nice current that pulls you along so you can just quite happily quite happily uh, just fall down and then let the current take you what's so the minimum, um, minimum effort what's the deepest blue hole that either one of you've been in uh, Peyton and uh, Courtney. Oh, um, I don't Belize know how deep is, they actually go. Belize is great, big uh, blue hole. I've been there, um, and you know, recreational diving limits hundred and hundred and thirty feet. So that's as deep as we could go. Ah, and it was deeper than I, that. Huh? It, oh yeah, it keeps going. It's but you can see the cave formations at that depth and. Um, it's 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 a sight. It truly truly is. Um, it's a shame you can only go for a few minutes at a time at that depth, but it's worth it. I am by no means a deep sea diver. Um, you know, I I've never been rated to do that, but I have spent a fair amount of time in some blue holes, relatively close to the surface, mind you, um, and they are beautiful to to photograph. It is absolutely mm. gorgeous. One of the prettiest places you could ever look for um marine wildlife oh jillian kind of waits in the pause and kind of looks between everyone so, so what what kind of time scale are you looking at here we're uh, we're wondering are you going to be able to do this in a single day or are we going to be kind of moored out there overnight or do you want to come back in each each evening how, how do you want to play this how far out is it it's about two hours uh, it's about 17 miles, but say our uh, the Griffin, our ship can get there. It's, we can we can get quite a good speed. We don't want to push it unless unless we have to. But it's usually a two hour trip there, and then it's another two hours back. That's four hours. Uh. From a safety perspective, the way we dive is you do your deepest dive first, and then all subsequent dives are at lesser depth. And so, I mean, I mean safety protocols are in measure, you know, but. Mm -hmm. um also 
job needs to get done. So I'm just here and to make sure we all do it safely. Swimming that deep can be kind of exhausting too. So it is. Um, you're uh, you're talking about two or three dives, maybe maybe three or four dives a day, and those and those are only going to last half an hour. Yes, yes, I would definitely we we'd start deep, but there are observations to be made at every depth. So it's not like our only work can be done at the deepest diving level. So yes. So the, the rebreather sets that you've been given could mean that you're easily able to go down, uh, even if it's to the maximum depth of recreational diving. Um, you could still be down there for a number of hours with a rebreather. Oh. Uh, with, with regular scuba equipment, then it is minutes at the bottom. But with a rebreather, you've got a much, much inflated time, see, time that you can use. Um, still, it's exhausting. Uh, two, mm -hmm. two hours, maybe two hours at a pop, and then maybe three at the most. So I don't know. Do we have is, – is, is your boat – able to accommodate us sleeping on it do we need to do that or should we come back in for food and sleeping in a real bed yeah I mean, we we've got temporary beds on the ship i mean there is accommodation on board but it's mainly for the crew it's not designed as a like a, a luxury liner um, but there are plenty of space you can lay out on sofas or get inflate inflatable air beds but if you want somewhere more comfortable, then by all means, we can bring you back in and you can uh, come back for a nice bed at the resort. So if if we if we add that all up together, two hours out there, six hours out there, uh, six hours there, two hours back, it's about 10 hours. And then we sleep here. What do you think? I mean, unless we find something really right, interesting right. and we want to do a night dive or something like that. I don't know, is there luminescent uh, uh, bacteria in the water, algae in the water, or something that uh, Miss Tyrone would find interesting to photograph? I don't know. We'll see. Whatever you guys wish to do is fine by me. I've done enough uh, sleeping on cots and just rolling out sleeping bags anywhere. I mean, when you're uh, working as a photographer for National Geographic, you sleep in some really... Uh, uncomfortable places oh i imagine but if you could leave the jungle and just go two hours back and sleep in a nice soft bed and take a shower and uh probably do it sit in the jacuzzi for a couple of <laughs> for a while i mean given the option sure <laughs> yeah we don't need to make this into a grueling nightmare of a trip nothing's gonna go wrong of course why would something go wrong chris this is this is a by the books this yeah. would be really simple and plus we got those underwater scooters we got two of them so those of us working closer to the surface don't have to worry too much about that exhaustion problem with the deepest dives and that drone got that fancy new diving drone how does that sound to you jillian yeah, she she kind of ponders for a second, kind of not shrugs, but very much. Yeah, I'm, like I say, I'm I'm happy for whatever makes you do get to do your job. All right, I, mean, I I've got a I'm I'm getting paid as well, so <laughs> I think we're all we're all happy all around. Well, I mean, the company's paying for 
gasoline and stuff. So whether you're whether you're driving us back and forth or whether we're sleeping out there, it amounts to the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you get to sleep in a nice soft bed too. So mm-hmm. and oh, at the end of, oh, I say at the end of the day, our reputations if something happens after we sign off on this, so there's no need to rush. We'll definitely be a few days. Yeah, we don't have any huge limit on how much well we can't be out here forever but mm-hmm. right we're out here for a week or two yeah. well that's good so there's a uh there's a stopping or banning order for the minute anyway so we should be the only the only ships out there oh good good so it's not like we're going to be disturbed or have to fight for fight for space <laughs> well it's uh um it's a reserve isn't it can they can tourists go out there no tourists can go out there you just have to be an approved operator Ah. So that you uh, you get basically your paperwork sanctioned by the tourist board, and then we're allowed to go out there at certain times of the day or certain days of the week. Okay. But if you go out there, most times you you normally find a dozen ships that uh, are more off the usually off to the west west of the wall. Well, it is beautiful. So, <laughs> all right, yeah, that sounds like a plan. This this food's delicious. Who would have thought they had such good seafood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, uh, best place for it. <laughs> uh, in, in which case, the rest of the evening passes pretty much uneventfully, other than that there is nice, good food. There's pleasant company. Uh, you notice Michelle doesn't drink anything, at least, well, beyond soda. So she very much says, well, my job to keep a clear head before, uh, before tomorrow. Sure. Otherwise... Uh, your mate Roger is quite happy to. Uh, you think he gets her at least one bottle of bottle of red wine, and that that smile doesn't diminish. Yeah. Um, otherwise, by about probably ten o'clock, um, they make their farewell, saying, "Well, we'll see you at six, uh, so that we can we can get ready and pushed off by about seven. Means we'll be there by nine, roughly. Gives you the best part of the morning, and then they say, do do what you want to do. Excellent. So we're we're just moored at the at the dock." And she gestures towards uh, one of the, not the largest boat there, but definitely one of the larger ones. Um, those of you with a uh, an eye for boats will recognise it as a Fleming six, uh, Fleming sixty five. So it is quite a nice, luxurious uh, mm. cruising yacht. Yes. Right. And yeah, they make their farewells and they head off into the dark, and leave you to head to your various rooms. That's, that's while well, staying pretty much in the same area. Yeah, you, you're you've got within eye, an eye shot of various uh, various folks. Well, I'm not exactly ready to go to bed, but uh, I've got I've got a little bit of I've got some stuff in my room. If you want to come, come join me, or if you're too tired or whatever, just relax for an hour or two and then go to bed. Yeah, okay, I'll head over. Yeah, that would be nice. Just uh, share war stories. <laughs> just watch your alcohol, folks. You know you don't don't drink eight hours before you go diving. So, yeah, my lesson learned there personally myself. <laughs> Vomiting into a rebreather, not fun. Not fun. Not, not when you're a hundred feet below the water. <laughs> yeah, that per that purge yeah. button doesn't doesn't work fast enough. I promise. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> that sounds horrid. 
I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm a teetotaler, so I had a little wine with dinner. That's about it. <laughs> All right. All right. In which case, then maybe after an hour or two, folks take telling war stories, just yeah. generally wind, winding down. Mm-hmm. Everyone heads off to bed, or did anyone want to do anything specific before before going uh, before retiring? Uh, just bed for me. Yeah, just bed. Yeah. Right. In which case, we will wind forward to six a.m. So you're greeted not by like a cockerel screaming in the distance, but so just the the crashing of waves on the shore, pretty much constant throughout. Um, although as the sun comes up and it's a nice warm morning and you're met by the crew down at the dock as they're loading equipment onto the boat. Um, a lot of the main equipment they have already on board is already stored in the hold, which there's two hatches on the back of the ship, which uh, are currently open, which go down to the, you know, the lazarette uh, below. To give you an idea of what the ship looks like and also some of the layout, that's the ship itself. Uh, you notice Gillian's sat upon the flybridge where there's a helm station up there. So you think that's where she would, kind of her position of choice for piloting the, the boat would be. There's a tender at the back, so an inflatable raft, uh, which is positioned as a davit as well, which would be able to raise and lower it out um, in and out of the water. There's the the back the back area here is where a lot of the equipment's been loaded, and then so there's the two hatches. It's also the dive platform at the back, which is where you would you stand rather than have to throw yourself off the side. It makes it a bit um, a bit easier to enter the water from there. And there's the deck plan, it gives you an idea of where things are. People either want to take a screenshot of it or look for any particular parts that they might be interested in at this point. But that gives you an idea of where things are. They, they take about an hour to get everything on board. Uh, you see particularly Michelle's going over all the equipment as it comes in, checking it before it, uh, before it goes into the hold just to make sure that nothing's been damaged. And that's pretty much what she spends a lot of the time on the, the journey over to Conception Island doing is she is checking, rechecking and checking again to make sure that everything is, everything is in order. And as far as you can tell, she isn't finding any, any problems there. Jillian's up on the flybridge and Roger is quite happy going back and forth, uh, doing a lot of the heavy lifting, uh, carrying stuff on board for you. So he's more than happy to get his own stuff and the rest of the crew stuff on board, as well as your own. Um, is anyone bringing anything in particular that you want to not put in the hold or everyone happy with putting stuff down there? I'm going to hold on to my camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some collection equipment and some analysis equipment, but uh, that's in a like a little suitcase that I don't want to pack it away where I can't get to it, you know. So if it goes in the hold for now, that's fine. I want to mm-hmm. keep the drone up here just in case we decide to do a little flyovers, yeah. you know, as we come up on it. It's an underwater drone. Oh, is it? Sorry, I thought it was a flyover. My bad. This is the future. It does both. It's a small thing as well. It could probably propel itself out with a bit more with a bit more oomph. Um, yeah, nothing I can think of. Yeah, no, nothing here. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, in which case then everything goes smoothly aboard, and after an hour, so about seven o'clock. 
the ropes are untied. You leave the dock and start heading towards the northeast. It's a nice, pleasant trip. Um, there's a little bit of wind, but not a mass, not a massive amount. Um, the waters are nice and calm. Um, you do see sign of some game fish um, on the way over there. Uh, there's a couple of dolphins. Not that they'd be wanting want to go fishing for them. Um, there are signs of fins, so evidently makos that are moving around, of which Roger is uh, itching. Kind of saying, oh, "I bet that thing's about easily easier six foot one there. That could be a that could be a nice little feather in the cap to get something like that." And he's uh, quite chatty all the way th- all the way through the trip. And Michelle spends a lot of her time down below, as I said, going over equipment, and Gillian's up on the flybridge. Manning the helm and quite happily almost p- could have put it on autopilot and send it, send it away. But otherwise, keeping keeping at the helm. Is anyone doing anything in the two hours, or quite happy to just sit back and watch the scenery? I uh, I kind of like chatty, so I'm going to be wherever Roger is, and and we'll exchange information on sharks and mm-hmm. whatever else we happen to see out there. Then yeah. so I'm going to be. Oh, sorry. Okay. I was, I was going to say, <laughs> you first. I was going to say, since I've been going to be working with survey equipment, I probably would have been down in the hold with, with her checking the stuff out. That's all. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. No, no worries. In which case, uh, Chris is going to be towards the the back and the the aft, the aft section, uh, mainly as he's got lent up against the railing and occasionally pointing out various uh, various fish as they become noticeable. Um, he, he'll quite happily regale you again with more, you think maybe slightly inflated stories of uh, big wins that he's had, uh, particular trips that he's been on, the number of people it's taken to haul these things out there. But he does appear very, very otherwise genuinely friendly and quite knowledgeable as well. And enthusiastic, which I like yeah. enthusiasm. So, Oh, very. <laughs> For for Gary, uh, Michelle is quite uh, chatty. As she's also going through equipment. She, you see, she is being very, maybe overly cautious, perhaps, but she's definitely got safety in mind, and that she's going over everything again and again and again. But once she's once she's finally happy with something, she does try to engage you in conversation of asking. So, what kind of things have you surveyed? Uh, what kind of places have you been? I mean, I've only really got, grew up in Miami came down here a few years back I haven't really traveled much beyond that so we've got what other sights and wonders have you seen out there i get into small talk with her i tell her you know about ucla about new york about the oil rigs yeah i did surveys for keep it mm-hmm. surface level okay yeah no, she's she seems genuinely interested seems like she wants to know what's out there beyond the wider world that she hasn't seen yet All right and the others I'm walking um, along the decks, trying to see if I can get any shots of any um, seabirds. Uh, so looking to f- see if I can see any of them and take photos. And I'm not super interested in, in talking to anybody. I just am trying to get as many shots as I can while I'm out walking back and forth. Okay, yeah, I mean, there's plenty, uh, plenty of birds out, especially as you within like a mile or two of the coast. And plenty of gulls. Uh, they do hover around the boat every so often, um, inquisitive, uh, kind of idly looking around. You probably think after a while that yeah, they're just looking for food. 
It's like you're you're moving and you're human. Why why aren't you feeding me? Mm -hmm. But otherwise otherwise quite friendly. So you can get a nice few shots of them hovering in the air as they're right riding alongside. Uh, Paige? Uh, well, my primary interests are rocks, and there's no rocks uh, about on the boat. <laughs> um, but I do have a bit of pilot boat, so I'm probably going to be observing uh, Jillian from the, there's a seating area on the flybridge. Oh, okay. Like, not, yeah, not like talking and distracting her, but I'm just... <laughs> well, she, she'll... Serving. She'll kind of uh, get conversation going if you're if you're up there. Uh, she'll kind of regale you with some of the uh, the specs of the of the boat, saying how she's uh, very impressed with how the uh, how the Fleming operates. That it's uh, got a nice uh, nice bit of umph in it if you want to uh, to get it moving. And it can do. They're, they're doing a leisurely eight knots at the moment, but they can push it up to sixteen if they really need to. So this has got say quite quite a set of engines in um, in it. Saying that how it's 70 foot long, it's got a beam just short of 19 feet. And yeah, it's quite happy to go through the, the technical specs. Right. And Courtney. Um, uh, since I'm a native of this area, I've probably been out here before. I, the, the sites are probably not super interesting to me, old news. So I'll be up on the flybridge as well. And um, when Jillian isn't giving Paige the schematics of boats and things like that, which I would, I think, be vaguely familiar with anyway, I'll probably inter be interjecting with safety reminders for Paige. Like, remember, you need to be checking in. Remember, you know, make sure your weight belt feels good when you get in the water. You can always adjust your weights before we go down. You know, just being protective. And don't, don't worry, Courtney. I've, I've learned all my lessons. You've, you've had the opportunity to save me enough times, I think. Um, I, I'm just, I'm going to worry. It's my job. It's my job to worry. It's my job to worry. This is an unfamiliar environment. Just, that's why I'm here. No, no, don't, don't worry. I'll, I have every intention of listening to you. Good. Excellent. Okay. In which case, the, the two hours pass relatively, relatively nicely. Certainly doesn't feel like a, a bore or a slog at any point going over there. Um, I will ask Peyton, I think, given the description of what all of you are doing, can you give me a spot hidden roll? Um, let's see here. That is a pass. Okay. As you're approaching, you can see your Conception Island itself the starts to break over the horizon. It's not a very tall island. It does rise a little bit out of the water, but there's no, there's no structures on there. Um, there used to be an old uh, plantation, but that's long since pretty much just ruins and the foundations of it now. So there's just the natural formation of the land that you can see, trees and high, uh, one or two high hills. But off to the south, you can see a very distinctive shape that looks like the outline of a boat that should be roughly over where you think the blue hole should be. And you're aware that a ship this size won't be able to get straight over the hole, uh, that you'll have to use the tender. You're going to park probably near where the, the wall is itself and then skim the half mile across in the tender. I mean, it can fit six 
plus equipment. So there's there's going to be room for you, and probably Michelle will be the one that will uh, that will drive you out, uh, will pilot you out there. But yes, a smaller boat than yours, probably about maybe a thirty foot boat by the look of it, is sat roughly where you think the hole is. Hmm. I thought they said that nobody was supposed to be out here. Um, I'm going to go up to the, uh, the deck and, and point this out to Jillian. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she, she squints and looks in that direction. She got fumbles around in a cupboard next to her and pulls out a set of field glasses, brings them up and has a look over there. And you can see there's kind of a look of surprise on her face. Says, oh, God, I'd recognize that bloody Hulk anywhere. And she, she passes the, uh, the glasses out to anyone who wants to, wants to have a look. So yeah, Paige takes them and has, has a look over there. And you, you may blink for a second because you're fairly sure you recognize this boat, or at least the boat that it's modeled after. Uh, even with the, the angle at the back, you can make out the four letters that spell Orca at the back and there are a set of three yellow barrels positioned on a bridge going off the front of the ship it looks very much like a a very worn old gimmicky recreation of the ship from jaws even down to the name which as you're focusing and getting closer you can see that there is a man stood on the back of the the back part of the boat uh, looking in your direction with a set of glasses of his own, which he kind of pulls down, looks a bit panicked, uh, throws them off to one side, and you can see quickly he reaches up for this large uh, barrel, or looks like a plastic barrel, which he just grabs hold of the uh, grabs hold of it and motions to throw it over the side, keeping hold of it. The contents spew into the ocean and start to turn the water very red, as it seems like he is chum- uh, chumming the water. And then quickly bring him round a chair, setting up a quite heavy duty fishing rod and strapping himself in as if he's getting ready to do some game fishing. But he does seem to be doing it in quite a, a hurried manner after having spotted that there's another another ship coming towards him. Or boat rather coming towards him. We downstairs don't see this. So it looks like he's a... Mm-hmm. He's trying to put himself in a situation where he's going to need a bigger boat. Two Jillian, is there, um, Jillian, is there any way we could, I don't know, ask him to leave? Basically have the authority to say he can't be here? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we're, the only, we're the only people permitted to be out here. There shouldn't be anyone else anywhere near that, that hole. Well, yes, but whether or not he'll actually listen to us, I'm assuming that's a whole other thing. Yeah, well, we, Are you we familiar be... with that person? Do you know, yeah, you know I, that person? I know that boat. It's uh, Rod Harper. He's a uh, he's just another tour operator. He's actually based down uh, fairly close to us, a little bit up the shore from uh, from Stella Maris. Um, I'm surprised he's actually still operating that thing. Um, it's been it's been falling apart for a uh, for a few years now, and especially after the uh, after the bug. And the fact no one was out here, no, no tourists out here, no business. I'm surprised he's still got a roof over his head, to be honest. Who should we call about him? Is that uh, somebody at the Bahamas National 
trust or should we call somebody at the ministry of tourism i mean who would we call to take care of this coast guard coast guard coast guard okay yeah, we, we, we can we can be polite and ask him to piss off but if he doesn't move of his own volition then i'm mm. quite happy to get the coast guard called on him is are, is one of us kind of the leader like leading this expedition or are we all kind of equally employed by bahamas that's completely up to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll go find Chris and, and Gary and let them know anyway, just so everyone's informed. Hmm. Oh, yeah. There is somebody out there. Now, Matt, being a, a resident of the island, would I know anything about this gentleman? You, you know, when particularly when someone mentions it's the orca and that Rod is the one that's seen out the back with his fishing rod. Yeah. that yeah you're aware of him um give me a luck roll to see if you know anything more specifically about him no a hundred i saw the zero and i was like oh <laughs> fair enough well, you in know case if anyone hasn't in case anyone hasn't done it because i uh, when i i provide free gens i never specify luck so if you haven't done it 3d6 times five but yeah, hundred definitely ain't gonna be. Uh, ain't gonna I be just a success. hope I don't fall off the boat. <laughs> you know, did yeah, you, you say you saw him chum in the water? Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't want a whole bunch of fucking sharks out there while we're trying to survey. Son of a bitch! I mean, after I rub my head from hitting it on top of the bridge, I'm like, I think it's too late for that now. He looks like he dumped it. Oh, geez, I got a headache. There's no way we can get uh, wildlife in its natural state with chummed water. Well, you let's can get him in a state, but get him the hell out right. of here. And we can we can still do surveil surveillance surveying work, but I would be concerned. You don't want to be in chummed waters, moving swimming uh, around. This is dangerous. Well. Let's let's get up there and address this jackass, and maybe we'll have to go down with the uh, submersible, the uh, what do you call it? drone, drone. Yeah. the drone. Well, it'll take. I mean, we're going to be out here for a few hours. If if we get mm -hmm. rid of him, then maybe in an hour or so we can risk it because it'll have dissipated. But what's I the hope. captain's name? Jillian. 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 Mm -hmm. Jillian, can you uh, get him on the radio? Oh, I can try and hail him, yeah. Um, she picks up the handset next to her, basically change, uh, changes frequencies a couple of times just to make sure which one he could be using, whether it's like standard or if these are on any of the nearby ones. He's basically saying, yeah, Griffin to Walker, do you, read, uh, do you read? But he's not picking up. Even through the glasses, you can see that he is sat on the back of the boat uh, rod out and seems to be attempting to fish, although doesn't look like anything's biting yet. And how far are we away? Uh, by the time you drop anchor, you're about a half mile away from where he is, at which point it's Michelle starting to get the tender down and starting to load up everything in there and sort of swing it over the boat and start to get it down in the water. Now, most boats have a loud speaker. Would it be too far of a distance if too we shot, said something? Half a mile okay. is a bit far. 
I don't want this guy dumping more chum when he sees us coming. Paige, did you say it seemed like he did see us coming and then started chumming the water? That's, yeah. Yeah, looked, so. I mean, we had as much eye contact as one can have on the ocean, looking right at each other through the binoculars. Now, here we are coming to discover something that's going to bring tourism in, and he's impeded. He, he's on his last leg out there, and this could possibly save his miserable business, and he's dumping chum in the water. Well, I mean, he could legitimately just be fishing for shark, but he's picked a bad spot for it, considering what we're out here for today. What what's the Chris? Who's what's the name of the guy who's the big fisherman? I mean, does he even know if there's any good, you know, fishing around the blue hole itself? Roger over. Roger, yeah, yeah. That was his name. Roger. Yeah. Yeah, he comes up and he's got scratching his his bald head. And this that don't make sense. It's too shallow there. It's like five five meters. If he wanted anything decent, he'd be over here, right? Pretty much where we are. Hmm. He knows that. He's he's been over here plenty of times. Just for show, then maybe? Oh. Yeah. Well, or he's got he... somebody on that boat that's diving and he's just trying to cover up. Or or that's the signal, like come come up or something. Yeah, I'm basically the same kind of thing though. Because yeah. I mean there's no reason to be over there except if you want to explore the blue hole. And it's not surveyed yet. It's now, if I remember from what Courtney tells me all the time, generally you don't put chum in the water when somebody's diving with you. Seems really well, unsafe. True. Generally a no-no. Now, I was under the assumption that the tourism board put out the missive that there were to be no boats out, so I'm Correct. sure that he knows he's not supposed to be here. You know, money talks. Somebody paid him. I mean, we chum the water sometimes if it's a, a little, very little bit, and it's only to attract the big fish for the tourists. And but I mean, throwing a bunch of blood and guts in the water—that's not going to lead to any good visibility. So well, let's let's get in the in the 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 ship the 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 boat and get over there and see. Right. I mean, somebody's paying him, but I'm just curious who that would be. Well, well anybody we'll else find out when we get over there. Yeah, some somebody wants to know what's up. I guess. We have any rival scientists in this area? That's, <laughs> I mean, now, Witherspoon. I should have known he would come here. Witherspoon. <laughs> are we taking our duffel bags of equipment with us? Any rebreathers or? Well, yeah. I mean, we can't get the ship over there, right? So, right, so. we have to take our equipment with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see for one, uh, Michelle's already started suiting up. Yeah. Rather than uh, do it I'll on go, the tender, would be. I'll go bit. suit up too. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it's, it's, what yeah, I'll... Let's do it. Okay, um, within a few minutes, and then say having loaded uh, the various bits of diving equipment, uh, she does make a note of putting spear guns in there as well, as well as some of the bang sticks. So basically, all the personal equipment you'd need down there, as well as also having your drone. Uh, do you take the scooters over there as well, or you're leaving them back for the minute? Does anyone want to do surface work right now? If not, might want to just leave them. No, um, not given what our friend around yeah. just did. All right. Well, let's leave them. Maybe we can do that tomorrow or something. We, I mean, we've got time. 
I, I do have a question for you, Matthew, though, because I, I was going to ask this yesterday because when I read the, through this, um, bang sticks are, I mean, if you're attacked by a shark, you can hit it with a bang stick and it'll kill the shark. Um, it's like a gun. It's like a gun going off. It is effectively a 12 gauge right. shot, uh, shotgun shell. Yeah. Um, spear gun, of course, you can shoot the shark. But do we have anything as simple as a stick with a nail in the end of it? Because if a shark's coming at you, you can just poke him in the nose and he'll go immediately the other direction. Yeah, you, you know. can you can have something effectively like the basically the other end of the bang stick, right? If you wanted, or you okay. can just take the charge off. So yeah, you have you have a stick if you just. Can we stick. say that the other end of the bang stick is just a sharp and pointed? <laughs> yeah, because well, you don't want to well, kill you a have shark. A, di- a dive knife on your sheet. Yeah, that comes under your dive yeah. equipment. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't want to get that close. To the shark. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's like a, probably a good three or four foot versus a, a few inches. I mean, I've, I've I've seen the videos of the guy where the shark's coming right up to him, and he just punches it in the nose, and that it makes it run the other way. Their noses are very sensitive. That's a very well known, a popular documentary, Lara Croft, Cradle of Life. Yeah. <laughs> Sharks are like big puppy dogs. You just have to know how to treat them. They're like underwater lions that are not as aggressive as a lion. <laughs> if you respect them, they'll respect you. Right. They don't like humans anyway. They want fish mostly. Well, maybe you'll get some good photographs out of it, Peyton. I mean, chummed waters mean fish. It's true. As long as it's not too cloudy. Also true. Okay, yeah, which is uh, the no. the tenders lowered into the water, uh, which you can see even here is pretty much crystal clear. Right, and it's it's very very nice uh, conditions down there, and you start bouncing off towards the towards the orca. Yep. Yeah. Are we doing? Are we going to go talk to him, or are we just here to do the job? Either we want to talk to him. Okay. Tell him to get out. Yeah. Okay. That's it. So Michelle kind of looks between all of you and says, you want me to go over to uh, directly to him? Yeah, so we'll right. tell him he needs to leave and he doesn't have the... And if he, if he gives us any trouble, just tell him that we'll report him. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got his boat and his regis- his number is probably on the side of the boat. Just tell him the Coast Guard's already on the way. <laughs> well, threaten him. Tell him that, that we'll call them if, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll report him. No problem. So few minutes pass and you pull up alongside uh, he can't help but notice you're coming towards him so he unbuckles himself from his chair kind of leans leans out towards you says ah nice nice day for it you're here for the fishing as well uh didn't you get the message you're not supposed to be out here what message from the uh, board of what were they called the bahamas Tur- uh, tourism board the, yeah, the public tourism board. Uh, there's no, we're supposed to survey this area um, uh, because it's dangerous, or it might be dangerous. Uh, all all traffic should be out out of this area. You need to leave. He's he's doing a good, confused, dumbfounded expression. I I don't I don't know what you mean. What what what's dangerous around here? What's well, dangerous is. Is the law says it's dangerous? Go. We'll, we'll we have to survey. You've you've been dumping chum in the water. Well, yeah, I'm here for I'm here for the fishing. You get well, some great sharks. It's better fishing over there. We're here to survey. We need to go in the water, and you're throwing chum in the water. 
Um, he starts looking a little shifty and uh, actually a little concerned as he's looking from side to side. Uh, I'm, I might have to ask for a tow. Uh, my engine's out. I've been trying to get it working for the last few hours now, actually. And it's, uh, uh, if, if any of you are good mechanics, I'd, uh, I'd appreciate some help. How are we on boat repair? I have a, a whole whopping five points above base for mechanical repair. So 15. Woo. And Actually, let, let me take a look at it. Let me uh, let me get a permission to come on board. Yeah, yeah come, come on in. Uh, he actually raised, kind of puts his rod to one side and extends a hand uh, for also for reference, actually, because he does have a portrait. This is Rod, so you have an idea of what he looks like right the old man of the sea very very rugged yeah, looks, looks like, like me <laughs> with hair oh, he looks, looks like, like he hasn't showered for a week or two. century novel right uh i'm uh gary uh fairburn i don't know if you know me i you know i live on the other island uh, i know you you have that uh little uh well i don't know you personally i know you run a tourism uh Oh, you know, yeah, taking yeah. out the tourists. Well, yeah, we're here, fishing, fishing charters. Yeah, yeah, we're here to survey the, the, the blue hole that you're literally on top of. If you haven't looked down or heard <laughs> it or read a what newspaper hole? or watched the local news in the last week, what what hole? Oh, no, I don't even, didn't even see a hole. Well, it's you can I, I kind of lean in to see if he's drinking. Um. No, you're fairly sure he's he's sober. Well, right, you, can, listen. you can give me a you can give me a spot hidden roll. Uh, oh three. That's uh, extreme. You, you notice a few things then. Um everything he's perspiring, he's definitely worried for one thing. Um, but more the physical environment, you do see that he evidently is uh, does do dive operation, which now that you just suddenly the fog in your mind is clearing after kind of hitting your head on various parts of the uh, <laughs> the uh, kind of the superstructure of the ship a few times over, think, yeah, he, do, he does do fishing charters, but he, he also does dive charters. And you can see there's a row of tanks um, along the back part of the uh, the wheelhouse essentially, before it goes inside to, uh, to the, uh, the helm. And there are two slots where there's basically he's got a row of eight tanks. Two slots are empty and just parked on the floor next to them, there are a couple of what look to be almost like sport utility bags. I pretend not to notice that and I go uh, walk over to where the engine should be. Yeah, it's basically a hatch right beneath you. Right. And I have a decent mechanical repair, so I'm gonna take a look at it. Gotcha. Uh, it doesn't Roll. take it doesn't take a genius when you open it up to realize that this thing has been incredibly poorly maintained. I mean, there is there's evidence to say this thing has not seen any love for a long time. So, yep, give me a mechanical repair roll. 24 out of 55, so just a regular success. Okay. Um, you think it would take you, roll 1d, uh, 1d6. Three. Three, so you think it would take you two hours so to, to get this sorted. It's, it's garbled, and it's going to take a lot of TLC to get the engine running again. It's a miracle he actually got out here. 
And you've got a job to do. So. Yeah, I, I just wanted to see what his. So I'm gonna. Has, I think I could get it working. Let me let me confer with my team. Uh, by the way, um, you know, there's a five thousand dollar fine for being out here. They put out a missive for like three days straight. We're going to survey this hole, and it's going to bring tourism to the island, which will bring you money. I'm going to get your thing fixed, and I uh, believe the Coast Guard's on its way already, so just a heads up. Uh, let me get back to my buddies, and uh, I'll be back over to help you with the, with the boat. Okay. It, it does not take a psychology role to realize that he's a bit rattled by that, going, I, I can't afford five grand fine. Can I mean, this, this is purely just an accident. Can I, you, can I just get like a hitch a ride with you guys, and then, I don't know. We're working... Some- for the the bohemian government right now i'll be back like i said and i just get i jump down at a pull um is he out of earshot or do we have to yeah, he, pull away? he can he can be you can pull back far enough but yeah you can see him kind of he's he's distracted after you said that that he's kind of pacing around in the in the wheelhouse kind of muttering to himself and kind of shaking his head he's he's worried lion sack of shit got two divers on on board why well, just tell him get him up here and get him out of here? I wanted to let you guys know first. Why hmm. would somebody else be diving here before us? Just scientific curiosity, but they don't have the. They're not supposed to be here. Incredibly so, stupid. <laughs> I relate everything a, that happened. So, do we see a dive buoy anywhere? No, you don't. That's dangerous. That means they don't have a line. You always want to line with you when you're going somewhere, especially on in the an unknown space. So they don't have a dive line to follow back. They could drift. They could they could be coming exactly. up two miles from here. Uh, and he wouldn't all, even know it. They could already be drowned at this point. Who knows how long they've been here? Let's, well, uh, let's, let's go let's, confront let's him. Let's drop the wait, wait, wait. You want to drop the drone? Yeah, I don't know why I have anybody a, that's down there with it. Yeah, let's. We don't let's, know where they are. We need to cut the bullshit with this guy and ask because I, I don't feel comfortable if there are divers down there that need assistance. You know, I, I, I want to provide that assistance. So I want to cut through the bullshit. Just say, look, we know you got people down there. How long have they been down there? You know, if people need help. Right. And if his if his engine, call the coast guard. Tell the coast guard he's got his engines dead, and they can tow him back. We don't have time for this nonsense. We're not getting paid to tow this guy back. All right. So if if Michelle will call the Coast Guard, because she's with the actual boat. She can radio Jillian. Jillian will then do it from the Coast Guard about their engine troubles. And then we have our little, like, uh, speak like a, whatever they're called. The little loud things. Oh yeah. No, to talk oh, to the other horn. Oh. Bullhorn, yeah. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Uh hey, uh, we know you have divers in the water. Um yeah, he, he turns and kind of sticks his head out of the out of the wheelhouse. Uh what what do you mean? I, I don't run a I don't run a dive up. I'm I purely I purely do fishing charters. Look, uh, the the missing oxygen tanks on your little dive line up on the back of your ship, back of your boat, say otherwise. Um, he, he starts to go quite pale. 
this the reason we're out here is a survey to see if this place is safe to dive. Um, your divers could be in a great deal of trouble. How long have they been in the water? Okay. Uh, do you want to give me either a persuade or intimidate roll with a bonus dice? Does he get another bonus dice if he points his spear gun at him? <laughs> <laughs> that would be too. You have, you have 10 seconds to comply now. So I'll, get I'll him, Paige. Get him. I'll, I'll do persuade with the bonus dice. Uh, I don't need the bonus dice. And 11 is a hard success. I, okay. Maybe I'll get an 01. Nope. An 11 again. Well, that's nice. pretty good bowling. <laughs> Right, um, he he folds like a cheap suit. Uh, he just come. He starts to walk over towards you, and you can see his. He deflates, and very much is concerned. He says, "Look, this ain't this ain't my fault. I I just I, I was paid to do a job. I was they offered me ten grand. I need the money. If I don't, the bank's going to foreclose on the boat. They foreclose on the boat. I lose my income, and then I'm I'm destitute, man. It's I'm I've got no choice. I mean, they they." They came to me. I didn't like go outsourcing for this. They came directly to me and asked, look, we know that this place is off limits, but we want to be the first to go down there. There's uh, two like, extreme sports fanatics from Texas. Uh, they're out here on holiday. They heard about this. Uh, they heard about this uh, called discovery and they wanted to be the ones that could say we, we were there first. You know, crazy shit. Have, crazy shits have 10 grand to throw at me. I wasn't going to say no. Well, did you get the money up front? I've got half. Hey, you're $5,000 richer. Get him out of the water. Just there... enough to pay that fee you're going to owe. How long <sighs> have they been in the water? Rod, come on. He, he kind of gulps and he visibly shifts his feet and looks, uh, looks down ashamed. We got here about six. They went in shortly afterwards. Oh, it was still night. I saw the torchlight down there just go out. And they didn't come back up. Time's it, now. You didn't put I'll a bully. No, they said they didn't need one. They said they wanted to be extreme and go and feel the feel the danger and all that shit. But, so your yeah. next brilliant idea was to chum the water. Well, no, I only did that no, so it was... I could make it look like I was fishing here and hadn't said it. I was cover story, man. But yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go and jump in after them. But it was it was night. I don't do that shit. They it's six they, p.m. They, is when they went in. No, AM. We, we came oh, out to do a night dive. But okay. I said, I've been trying to fix this piece of shit engine for the last few hours, and it won't, it won't work. Do they at least have rebreathers, Rod? 15-litre tanks. They should have only had a few minutes down there. Oh, my God. Well, they're dead then. Um, oh, you got to call the Coast Guard. Rod, my friend, this is, this is not good. You, you can see him kind of folding in shame. It's, he's, he, he knows he's in the shit. I look to the crew. I'm like, I actually feel bad for this guy, but yeah, I mean, this I'm kind not, of life is not an easy life to have, especially when you're making it paycheck to paycheck on. No, I'm boat, but that's really negligent. It is it's very Courtney? irresponsible. Is there any chance that these divers may still be alive? Our, they only if they don't few, have rebreathers, if they're just using a standard. What what time is it now? Tank. It's, yeah, I mean, you left at seven. It was a two-hour trip, so it's probably half nine, coming up to ten o'clock by this point. I don't. They've been I don't. down there for four hours. There's no way. They yeah, could. not even with a rebreather. With a rebreather, they'd be right, I hope you had them sign a waiver before they went down there, buddy. That is. All right. 
not good. That's um, not going to make any difference legally because he's. And I, I'm not going to go. I mean, I guess that's a conversation we need to have as a group. I don't think. I think the safety of this mission could be compromised if we try to attempt to go save those or retrieve their bodies. This is dangerous. I, I think, think this just turned into a rescue mission. Yeah, we, we, we're not here to retrieve. Exactly. We can't I think send we need a little to do drone our work. down and try to find where they are. True. We could send the drone. But my job is to keep all of you safe. If right. they're already beyond saving, I'm not here to retrieve them. That's, we, uh, that's dangerous work. We need to call the Coast Guard and get them out here. This becomes their problem. Yes. Um, if we see a body while we're down there, God we'll mark it. Yeah, we'll, we'll put mark a buoy it. up. Or, we'll mark it. Yeah. Oh boy, that's that's awful. Encountering a, a, a dead body under in any circumstances, let alone <laughs> under the dark water, <laughs> it's upsetting. It really is, Paige. It's I I wouldn't wish it on anybody here. It's very upsetting. Yeah, you can see Rod's just sat down on the kind of the opposite. Uh, the opposite side of the boat he's kind of curled up his knees up against his chest and he's just sat there almost just rocking back and forward he's doing a thousand yard stare you want to get this um drone into the water i guess or see what we can yeah. see yeah, yeah let's sure. set up but let's set up over there away from where the chum was and i mean how big i can we sort of get a feel for how big the 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 circle is the, the yeah the the dimension the diameter of the hole it's roughly spherical uh, although it's jagged obviously it's not like a perfect circle right, that would be right. really weird um, you reckon from where you've positioned yourself that it's probably about ten meters across oh okay um, although as you are looking down and having a look you can give me a spot hidden roll because the water is fairly clear. 97. 75. 35 oh, oh, oh. is a regular success. Regular success. 13 is, oh, almost an extreme. It's a hard. Okay. So these three of you then. Um, no, the first thing that you notice see, is crystal clear water. So it's good visibility, even with the now diluting red smear. Right. Uh, behind the boat but if you want to go over to the other side of the hole you've got a fair distance away right. the first thing that's uh, that you see is the fact that there is a fair amount of fish down there um, obviously normal species that would be that you'd find here um, but you also do notice that there are a couple of sharks makos that are swimming towards the hole and then starting to spiral going down it following what seems to be a procession of fish doing exactly the same thing. This looks really, it looks beautiful for the photographer, but then it makes you think, hang on a minute, that ain't, that ain't normal. Chris, what's, what is that? I don't, you're the expert. A, what is that? A tidal pool or? Uh, it doesn't make any, I mean, they're behaving like they were in a big fish tank, like, like at Marineland or SeaWorld or something. That's very strange. Um, and the fact they're ignoring the chum. And they're ignoring the chum. The, let's get the drone. Let's get the drone down there. Yeah, let's get some footage of this. Yeah, I think Paige is right. We need to get that drone on the water. We can't miss this. This is beautiful, albeit very strange. What kind do I see? Like, very, do I expect, see anything unusual as far as the species of fish that are swimming? 
nothing that you would not expect to see. It's oh. purely the local wildlife. The local wildlife. Do I yep. see fish? I don't know how well I can see. If I get in the water with my, you know, this, I can see better. Mm -hmm. But do I see fish coming from outside the hole and then joining the procession <laughs> going yeah. down? It's, most of them are coming from the direction of the wall because that's where the larger wildlife right. has come from. So it's almost a procession that's going out behind you. That you can see it stretch off for the half mile off into the distance as if it's they're being deliberately drawn here along a particular yeah. path. That is the strangest thing I've ever seen. We do have you get some photographs of that. It'd be like a, a current thing, Chris. Could like be a current. Currents pushing them along. What do you think, way? Paige? You're the geologist. Could there be something causing a suction? There, there, there would have to be a great uh, cavern below that, that of, of air that's filling. Um, and we would have uh, whirlpools, wouldn't we? Sucking us down. I mean, if it was strong enough to pull those fish, we I think would be feeling its effects on the boat. Yeah, there's no indication on the surface of any current that's swirling. It's just nice and nice and calm. I can't imagine what's going on. It was going to be fun to find out. Now, besides cameras on the drone, does it have um, sensory equipment, temperature, depth? The uh, drone has it's got some specs in the. Yeah, it's equipped with a 4K HD camera and two 1200 lumen lights. So it is just a light and photography machine. I was yeah. wondering if there is a temperature difference in that current. This this area there shouldn't be, but yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know where any kind of cold water could be coming from. We have dive watches, you know, dive computers that could give us that information when, once yeah. we're in the water. Once we're in the water. Yeah, especially with your e-breather yeah. sets, you've all got dive computers because that calculates your time to surface rather than you have to worry about doing it. Well, let's get the drone in the water. Right. You, the drone. You're like going to drop it, you uh, place it in and then uh, get it whirring up and send it down. Yeah, just splash. <laughs> just chuck it. <laughs> Take a beating. Right. Who's driving? Uh, I have pilot boat. Does that help with the drones? I kind of thought Electronics? it might be Peyton's camera, so I figured it was it was her baby. Yeah, I'll drive it. She's the photographer. Yeah, if you want to get decent shots with it, photography is probably going to be more uh, relevant than uh, the pilot boat. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have a handset. It's almost like uh, a Nintendo Switch. It's got a screen in the middle of it with controllers on either side, which then control through angle and speed and so on. And you send it on down. As soon as it clears the rim of the, of the hole, which you can see is the surface, the sediment seabed, which is about two meters thick uh, because it curves in and then falls down into the hole itself. There's about another five meters of bedrock that you can see is obviously very rough. Uh, the geologist can give me a geology, or in fact, anyone with geology can give me a geology rob. Others might have it. In 23, I don't embarrass myself with a hard success. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Um, you can see that evidently this collapse has been a long time coming. I mean, a long time. Um, that there are cracks that are running through the side of the, uh, the, side of the wall of the hole that imply well, millennia 
of activity. Probably this is the culmination of many, 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 many innumerable small tremors that finally the last one a week ago was the one that broke the camel's back and collapsed the subsidence. Yeah, so the as I was, as I was kind of alluding to on the boat, there's a different type of rock that has been beaten down and broke broken by the earthquake than the surrounding rock. And you start to probably spiral around rather than going straight down so that you have a, an easy angle of descent. But as you start to take pictures of the wall of the hole going down, seven metres below the seabed, so you've got your two metres of sediment, then you've got your five metres of rock, suddenly you're struck by an image that you just doesn't make too much sense. It's a sheer smooth wall. And as, you, as the camera starts to turn, you're finding yourself in what seems to be a five-sided, perfectly formed five-sided shaft made of completely smooth rock. It's not like there's brick here or that there's slabs that have made this thing. It looks like it's like a borehole with five sides that just go straight down. This, this must be mechanically made because this cannot be a natural structure. I get shivers. Uh, I, I assume that she's driving and we're all standing right behind her watching. Yeah, yeah kind of over, <laughs> over her shoulder, looking at, the, uh, looking at the little screen. Is that five sides? Oh, my God, this hey, reminds me of something. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, Paige, there's no way that that's a natural formation. Yeah, is this, is, this is where Paige is making a sanity roll. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Which I pass. It's a little, little yeah. unnerving. I am I too. Know, freaky, I don't know what I'm looking at. Not sanity shattering. Uh, five sided. I I don't know. But no, I mean water. Water action like seeping through rock doesn't isn't so precise ever. This mm -hmm. was something made this. I mean, some kind of animal, perhaps. No, Burrowing? I don't know. With, with your with your hard success on geology, you are pretty sure that this is definitely, as you say, it's a well, it's a human, it's a constructed space. That you're thinking, oh. yeah, actually, all those cracks that I, that you saw in the rock, uh, the rock bed above it, probably at one point formed the roof of us of this chamber, and that over millennia, finally, it's shattered. Yeah, and a, it's, a building. It looks like yeah, it looks like some kind of sunken structure. It's not the lost city of Atlantis, is it? Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, is... the Greek legends, who knows? They could have been talking about the Bahamas that they didn't know exist. So, mm -hmm. very, very odd. I, I look kind of white at this point. <laughs> More than a white person looks white. I look white. I put my hand Chris, in. You okay, Chris. Have any of you ever heard of the Starkweather Moor expedition to Antarctica? No, no. Uh, Not really? No. What happened? I, I actually went to Antarctica. And uh, part of what we were doing was trying to see if we could recover some of the missing material. They, they went missing in Antarctica. But 
they had made claims that there was at least something that looked like there had been a civilization. And it had been pre-human. And they kept describing five-sided buildings. What happened to the expedition? They all died. Uh, I mean, but, but, but like what? Like, did the, they get well, stranded, the thing is, hunger? The thing is, is that they were actually following a first expedition that had all died. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly. I, I think that was part of what we were trying to find out was what had exactly happened. happened. There was very little evidence, but there were some very strange claims. Uh, wait, Chris, pre-human civilization, you say? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, just, uh, nobody believes lot. it, but it's, it's like you, when you say Atlantis, it's like one of those myths. Myth myths, maybe yeah. a myth. And I, I always thought maybe it was like halite or some sort of crystal that was, you know, like the, what is it, the Giant's Causeway? In, yes, you, yeah. That, that looks, I mean, when you see it for the first time, you're like, there's no way this could be natural. But that Until looks really it's given to me the heebie-jeebies. I'm sure it's something else. I mean, unless until I can get down there and take a sample of it. Sure. Uh, maybe we just it. made the history books. Maybe we discovered something. Uh... Well, we certainly discovered something unusual. We've already made the history books. Okay. It sounds like we're the first ones to discover this and live to tell the tale. Uh, we still don't know where to... Uh, Texan extreme sports people are. I'm not, I'm We're just not. gonna sound very callous, but I'm not very worried about them right now. I'm very no, sure they're, they're dead. They're, they're dead. Right, but it, I mean, they must have come down here, right? I mean, well, yeah. I've seen their bodies. Could they well, be in that? It's like a hole, right? Like a kind it's, of a, it's a structure. A cave, down there. A structure. Oh, okay. Like you're inside of an underwater tower. What a geologist, uh, a page. This area of the planet, was it ever above water? I mean, the plate, I mean, tectonic plates shifting all the time. I mean, there were land masses um, that move about all the time. I mean, islands are created by uh, pockets of, of uh, where the mantle bursts through an igneous rock kind of these sure. spots create islands and then the plates shift and then another island is formed and then another island is formed so um i, I don't know i, I, I mean you know maybe i'm I would, being I would silly guess, i would guess chris i mean that an island i mean we're pretty close to an island here aren't we yeah so i would guess that the island itself formed um and that some civilization uh came here some natives uh to the Palmas came here built something and then weathering eventually caused it to sink over time i i'm sorry i'm sorry to, to to take you off on that it's just it's just it's something i read and studied years ago and thought that it was it sounded creepy and now i see this it's it's I mean, just weird it's such an antarctica is such an extreme environment though chris i mean 
whatever well, came of that expedition could very well have been just because of conditions. It's much that's very here. likely. That's very likely. But they sh- they claimed that they saw things, and the things that they said they saw would have had to have been there when Antarctica was a tropical paradise, hmm. which would have been what Gondwana land or or Pangaea or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have brought it up because it's it's ridiculous. It's silly. It's nonsense. It obviously bothered you, so we're concerned. This is rather strange. Even if there was a civilization in Antarctica, why would there be anything here? You know, this is a long way from Antarctica. Well, I mean, mean, Chris, there are more than one civilization that built pyramids, for instance. I mean, perhaps this, I mean, perhaps these five, these ancient five-sided structures are going to be something for comparative anthropology, but Maybe five sides is actually difficult to to calculate all that sort of thing. It's anyways. I let's keep going. This is really interesting. But agreed. Yeah. Very. Strange. Can we go any I'm, further with this, Peyton? Can you can you take us any further down? Um. Yes. Uh, there's a tether up to a hundred meters, so I see no reason not to take it all the way down. Three hundred feet. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's 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 see what it can do. You, you progress down another 18 meters beneath that. So this is now 30 meters below the, below the sea level. And you can start to see as you go, uh, just the way you've got it going round around, you can slowly start to see the bottom of the hole emerge. And it looks like a debris field of the rock from above and the sand as it's collapsed and, sure. then, and then hit the deck. Um, at the bottom, though, you can see there's something sticking out through... The remains of the uh, the remains of the rain, remains of the rubble, and it looks like an arch that was definitely formed. There's some kind of carving on the side of it, but it looks like it's broken in the middle where the struck where the base of the sheer weight of the rock above crashed into it. So it's now basically got a gap where it would have previously met, and at the corner of each of the sides of the room where they meet you can see that they form, there's a two-meter gap, then there's a roof, and it looks like a series of corridors going off at each point, so some some deeper part of this structure. And you can see a glowing blue-green light, very bioluminescent in color, leading off, illuminating these corridors, and the fish are going down one of those corridors. There's about a three meter gap clearance between the top of the co- the ceiling of the corridor and the top of the rubble. This is going to change everything. This is it's amazing. This is a part of some old ancient civilization. This hey, land maybe. must have been above ground and then it sunk. It subsided at some point. Peyton, maybe you didn't find Atlantis. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Um, I'm going to pilot the drone closer to the arch to try to get a closer look at the inscription. Sure. Yeah, you you see them. They're divided up into almost what looks like plates or rectangular blocks. And in the center of each block, uh, there's what looks to be almost like a pattern of dots. Um, Everyone can give me an int roll if they're trying to make sense of those. 90. 
56 out of 80, so record. Hard success. 97. Uh, 28 out of 80, so that's a hard. Oh, so at least one person's grasp, grasping it then. To everyone else that failed, it looks like they're just a grouping of dots. There's between like two and five dots that just seem to be randomly punched into the stone. But Peyton, with an eye for patterns and detail, you're able to work out there is a common structure to how these things are constructed. If you imagine five concentric circles and then a series of five radials going off equidistant from the center point, the dots are positioned where the radials and those concentric circles would meet. So there is a logic and there is a definite structure to how these things are constructed. And that makes you think maybe this is some kind of language. Because you, you can't understand it and can't read it, but there is definitely this is some kind of writing. And I'm going to kind of point out everything that I just saw and explain it to everybody else. This appears to be some sort of a language. Oh, this this whole survey thing just went through the roof. We're going to be the most famous people on Earth in the next couple of months. Do we recognize like the alphabet of the language, even if we don't recognize the language? Like, if we can't read it, can we at least recognize the alphabet? Like, oh, that's Cyrillic or something. Well, it's it's purely made of dots. It's just dots. Dishes. Oh, dots. Sorry. It looks like Braille, but it's not yeah, gotcha. Braille. Yeah, it's more um, rather than being raised, it's pushed in. There is little indentations. Ah, I see. I see. I see. Um, now, Peyton, if you have the um, the device in the water, is there? Are you fighting a current? Is it drifting? No, it's not. There is no flow of water coming through here, so it's not like this. This connects to the open ocean somewhere else. This is very much a contained environment. Is it safe to take the drone down one of those corridors, Peyton? Uh, it's on a tether. I don't see why not. Um, you know, we can always get it back. It's not like it's just free floating down there. So I'm just curious. Um, I'm just awful curious where those fish are going. I am too. Michelle, can we get our exact location coordinates? Yeah, we've got a we've got a GPS, All so right. I can do a ping. Yeah, yeah. Let's get our exact location. Okay, she pulls up your equipment and does your reading. Okay, and I write it. I write it down. Mm -hmm. I am. I've got goosebumps all over. This this could be. A, a civilization pre pre human civilization, it's insane. It's insane, or at least a civilization here in the Bahamas that existed before people. Well, or or maybe they were people, but they were primitive. This doesn't look primitive. I'm I'm freaking out. Well, until until I can get a sample of of the building material itself and get an age for you. Well, there's some broken pieces of it too, aren't there? We need to get those up and on board. Perhaps oh. we see if the drone sees anything down that corridor, the fish are going down, and then I, I agree, we need to get in that water soon. But yeah. I want to see yeah. see what's well, down there. Let's let's not forget this thing only operates for a couple hours. We don't want it dead in the water and then have to go down one of those corridors right. to retrieve it. Um, Paige also is uh, 
What would you say if, if we remove a stone like that from the water, does it deteriorate? Do we want to, do we want to wait until archeologists or oceanic archeologists get here? I mean, we, we want science. We want to preserve this for science. Absolutely. We don't no, want to damage we, anything. We take rock samples from underwater all the time. I think. Um, normally the other way around it's normally water would cause deterioration guys yeah, uh, the coast guard's on the way they might shut the site down and look for these dead texans we need to act so we can be the first to have our name on well, this let me once they close it down they're taking over the site we might never ever get the chance to come back here again that's a fair point but i i um I would like to do a chemical sample of the water. I am just curious what's attracting all these fish here. If there is some kind of chemical signal in the water or something beyond the chum that's bringing them here, because they're not really interested in that either, which is interesting. Give me a luck roll. See if you can do so. Have something happen. 43 is good. Okay. Uh, you pull it, do a sample, you probably actually have to uh, lower a line with a collector at the end of it so you don't, don't take it from the surface. You can't, You try to drop it in the path that these, these fish are going along and you pull it up. Um, you've got a basic equipment um, no, set with, to, do, yeah. Yeah, to do like microscope and have a look at this thing. There is definitely something in the water, and it's not on a chemical level because you can see it. Um, it's almost translucent, but it's almost like a very like jelly-like substance with the little globules of it that you can see. And do you want to give me, or does someone want to give me a biology role? Yeah, uh, Chris, I'll, you I'll... might want you might want to take a look at this. Oh, five. That is an exercise. Right. Um, yeah, you understand this with a uh, with a little bit of time, not too much time, because you can pull this straight off the bat. This looks like a substance that resembles algae, um, but you can see the cells under the microscope uh, taking in what looks to be some kind of nutrient that's suspended in the kind of this jelly-like substance. And as it takes it in, you can see it replicate in front of your eyes that it just starts to grow and grow and grow on a cellular level. And then as it grows, certain, a certain percentage of it dies off. And as it dies, it breaks down and becomes the nutrient that then forces more growth. The only way you could think this could possibly happen is this has to have been engineered. This is not a natural process. This is almost like a self-replicating in perpetuity, if you had a critical mass of it, food source, which is quite beyond human science. So do you want to give me a sanity roll? Yeah. Out of 12. What is my sanity? I hope more than 12. Yeah, it's 55. <laughs> yeah, so I pass. Right, yeah, you're, you're not, it's not sanity shattering, but it's definitely, you realize that this is some kind of extremely advanced genetic engineering that's been going on down here. Oh. You have a self-replicating food source. Is it safe to go in this water, Chris? I have no way to answer that. I mean, the fish are alive, right? And they're gobbling it up.
it almost you, you kind of put the two and two together with your extreme success. Right. This stuff is like fish crack. Uh, this is evidently what's luring them down there. And you can see that it is definitely diffusing and slowly coming up out of this hole. It's like super fish food. Hmm. I, uh, I, 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 I have I, profoundly moved. I don't even know what, what to say. I mean, if you could get samples of that and we can patent it, we could have like, I, this is better than finding oil. I it's, mean, it's not all about making money, Mister Fairburn. We're we're scientists. To feed the world. Well, I understand that, but we there's a million miles between here and there. We have to. You can't just take something and feed the world with it. It's a Not lot today, of but over the next 10, 20 years of research. Well, we, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, we got sam- we're going to get samples of this most definitely. Um, On that note of having kind of some of you in kind of dumbfounded silence staring at this thing, dollar signs going in other people's eyes. Do we want to take five minutes for a quick break? Yeah. Yes, please. Okay, you have your sample. You've seen that there is this material floating around in it that evidently the fish are lapping up as much as they can. What do you want to do? Let's go down the corridor with the, the survey thing. But yeah, let's get ready to get in the water too. I want to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Peyton starts maneuvering and getting it to go down. You going down the same corridor that all the fish are going down? Or are you yes. picking a different one? Okay. All right. In which case, you can start plotting a little bit of a map of what this is. There, what this looks like. So you're in your five-sided room to begin with. The circle in the middle represents that arch, or at least the rough area that that fits uh, that fits in. The corridors in each case are about two meters wide, but then as you descend through the gap, so about three meters clearance between the ceiling and then the top of the debris field, and that quickly slopes down. The bottom of the corridor is another seven metres down, so that's a total of 40 metres from the surface, which pretty much puts you at the limit of recreational safe diving depth. It's about 120 feet. The one that they're going through off into the distance, for sake of ease, because orientation doesn't necessarily matter here, is the one going north. So you start slowly advance and you can see in the ceiling that there's almost what looks like a neon strip light that runs along the middle of the the middle of the roof of the ceiling of the corridor which then provides this illumination and it continues all the way down to the end you can see the end of the corridor at least a relatively not long way away but it's definitely a relative distance away before it opens up into what appears to be another corridor, on the far side of which the fish, some of them are breaking off and some of them are going, uh, particularly the sharks, there's there's a couple that you can see uh, that swim past you, or past your viewfinder anyway. Uh, they go off left and right, but the majority of the wildlife seems to go towards a door that opens up into what seems to be some kind of room on the far side, but as your camera starts, the drone starts to get towards that intersection where the where the wider corridor opens up, 
you start to get your your feed starts to get static and you're suddenly realizing that the drone itself isn't responding as well that you get maybe one motor seems to be cutting out and there's, there's some kind of distortion or some kind of interference with this even going down the hard line straight towards say the, the 100 meter cable you've got it seems to be it seems to be failing should we pull it back yeah you can manually pull it back as you mm -hmm. pull it or reverse it um, as you get closer to this central chamber then it starts the signal starts to return and it starts to not um, there's no static by the time you're back in that main chamber how much time we got? Do you think we can try looking down the other corridors? At least as far as until it starts to, to lose the signal. There might, might be some sort of interference. I agree. I we, yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Yes. Go <laughs> clockwise around. Okay. So you send it this way. And it comes to a similar kind of intersection. And again, you can see there is some kind of door opposite that leads into some kind of chamber. Hmm. But by the time you get to that, that intersection, it becomes static again. Okay. So you that. then have to manually haul it back. And if you're proceeding clockwise round, you start to see a pattern emerging that yeah. is the same thing at the end of each corridor. Okay. I'm not quite as engaging as Bob Ross doing art, but it's slow <laughs> engagement. We're going to put a happy little corridor right over here. And everybody needs a friend. So let's add another little corridor. <laughs> the happy little sharks with the happy little fish. <laughs> it's My okay goodness. if you make mistakes. Because we don't make mistakes. We just have happy accidents. Now, are all of the corridors lit? Um, each one of these five, these five radial ones has a line in the top. One single, that's one single beam, almost like a large foot wide neon strip light. But if you get the camera close enough to it, you can see it's almost swirling inside as if there's some kind of bioluminescent uh, bio material inside. Uh, you can also give me spot hidden rolls. Otherwise, they are identical. Yeah, the, the corridors themselves are identical. There's no other distinguishing feature other than the fact the fish are running up the one that's pointing north. And I think to tie together this little underwater right. architecture piece, we're going to add a dead little diver right here. <laughs> 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 Zero three. A, a happy dead Ooh, little diver. 30 is a regular success. We got a hard. Extreme. Right. Uh, the extreme is what, uh, what tags it then, because you're seeing it through the camera rather than seeing it with your own eyes, which you think you'd probably be able to see, see it a bit easier. But along each of these five corridors, you notice that there is uh, not a continuous seam along where the ceiling meets the wall and where the wall meets the floor. It's not it's not a, like a, a borehole, something that's being uh, cut straight through rock. Um, with, with an extreme, you actually think that the reason for this might be that these walls might move, that they are not connected to the ceiling. They're not connected to the ceiling. So it's that's... almost like this thing could close like a vice 
Huh. That certainly looks like it could be a trap, and I'll point it out to everybody else. Well, there's no way tourists are going to come out here at this point. We're going to have this declared a archaeological wonder, and uh, they'll, they'll send scientific teams out here to take care of this. And holy crap! But we discovered oh. it. Now, Chris, with the the lights and the man-made. It, we might have stumbled on a government, a secret government lab or something. Maybe that's not something. a that's not a bad guess, but it's buried under the rock, under the well, ocean. Buried under the rock to us. We don't know where if there's an outlet or it's under the water too. Do you want to go down there and take a look? See what we can find? I mean, we didn't see any I mean I didn't see any it, cracks in the structure. So it's not like the structure is going to collapse. I think our unfortunate uh, Texans dove down there, found this, and wandered into it and didn't have the air to get back out. He said that their lights disappeared, yeah. At what depth uh, is this, like, you know, chamber with all the hallways and everything? Like, what depth is that? Uh, this, the floor is at the 40-meter mark. But okay. you've got the corridors themselves are ten meters tall. Okay. So you've you've got between thirty uh, minimum depth thirty meters, maximum depth forty. Well, my question would be: Would we be able to get down and back up without getting the bends? Yeah, we so just gotta go fine. slow. We just, you gotta go slow going up. But we have rebreathers. That, that's that a me hours. question. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're fine as long as you stop it uh, up at, on your way up. Isn't that's, it that you don't I'd you don't ever go up faster than your bubbles? You don't swim. I don't. Up. I, yeah. All all I know is it's like at certain depths you just wait for several minutes while you keep a dive computer. Good ones will start timing you as soon as you hit certain depths. Actually, where it's like it'll just automatically start a timer. And particularly with rebreathers as well, they uh, they keep running constant diagnostics as to what your air consumption is, and that they per, they kind of tailor your uh, your TTS your time to surface. Um, by your own biology. So it's very much, it's down to your own body as to how you can cope coming up. Nice. But with yeah, all of this what... unfamiliar unfamiliarity, we should probably plan for like half of our oxygen. You know, you, you don't want to get caught right, right. and run out of your air. You want to give yourself enough time that you're there, but then enough right. time to turn around and come back. Do we that have, does... do we have survey lights that we can, take down and, and put down there so that we don't have to keep walking around with lights. Yeah, that, that definitely sounds reasonable. Okay, cool. So minus, with, with the, the craft going down there and looking, minus all the ins and outs and pulling it, how long did it take for it to get down the hole and into the, the octagon chamber? Not that long, probably as long as it took you to have your discussion. All right, 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's enough so, time. And the rebreathers give us two hours. A couple of hours at least. E easily two hours. Probably oh, so we let's, can be up let's to, go. Can be up to four. Four is pushing it though. We shouldn't. You know, we should be cautious. Yeah. There's no reason to take any kind of risks. That's that's where you where that's where you really you don't want to end up like the Texans. Yeah. They could. I think we need to put and and if we. I'm just thinking ahead. You know, if we end up in that chamber, we should probably have some kind of mark and then lines going out so we can follow it back. 
you don't want to get lost in a cave system. It's no, it's deadly, deadly. So is there a, can we uh, drop a buoy above it and a line? Yes. And we'll swim yeah, down we'll do, yeah. Okay. Dive lines are quite common. Yeah. I've never been diving. Oh, so. That's fine. It's a good question. Well, I am almost too excited to dive, but I, I'm also very excited to dive. This this yeah. is going to, oh my God, they're going to probably name it after in, us. Yeah, we could be stepping into the history books today. The we Hedley are. Formation. Hey, get, let's, get, let's get a picture of the group before we go down. Yeah, that's a good idea. That way, if 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 I kill you all so that I can have all the recognition, then they'll have to. Look, man, you don't have to put my name on anything. I'm not a scientist. I just want to take pictures. That's all I'm here for. No, no, get in it, get in it too. Set the timer so we we got the the expedition team. I mean, you you've got Michelle there, and she said, mm -hmm. oh, like like uh, like the girl says, I'm I'm not a scientist. I'm not no. going to get money or anything. So I, I can take a picture of you all if you really want. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. She uh, gets you all positioned up say with a couple of couple of instructions from Peyton you want to make sure you're at this angle get this light and so on and yeah she goes click and you have a you have a group photo well um I'm getting all my stuff yeah, yeah. geared up everything this is still fairly early in the day yeah I mean it's yeah it's like probably 10 30 at this point so still good diving conditions, weather, yeah. all that clear visibility. Good, good you know, stuff. Let's do it. Almost no clouds in the sky. There's no, uh, there's no weather forecast. It's got a warning saying get out because the hurricane's coming. Um, it's all all lovely weather. All right. And it sounds like then you're dropping off the side. And it's time to dive. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's a splash, or in this case, five splashes. Uh, Michelle's saying that she will wait for you on the surface, but because you've all got in your, because you've got full face masks, um, that you can then communicate between each other via uh, via radio, that she will listen in. And if she hears anything, she's like your backup on the surface if anything goes de uh, desperately wrong. Excellent. And have we, in fact, called the Coast Guard for Rod? I think the plan, at least, unless anyone stopped them, uh, Michelle was going to call back to Jillian and Jillian was going to yeah. radio them from the boat. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we kind of need to because yeah. we don't want any legalities of us trying to cover something or any, right. any doubts in anyone's minds that we're helping Rod cover something up. We need to right. call. Yeah. Right. They, in which case they'll be here in about a couple of hours because that's how long it took you to get there. They right. haven't got uh, like a station close by. So they're going to have to come a little bit further uh, from further afield, but they'll be coming faster than you came here. I almost I like to say, get a message back to the university or whatever, mm -hmm. but we'll worry about that tonight when we get back to our comfortable beds. Mm -hmm. Right, you start to head down. Uh, the easiest way is basically let gravity do the work, and that you you just <laughs> yeah, you just think. Yep. So yeah. throwing up a buoy and a line. I figured that was obvious, but just in yep. case. Now you you got it. Right, and after. After a short while of descending through, I mean, the, the fish and the sharks that are coming through here, they're not paying you much attention at all. Uh, they're, they're quite happily chomping their way through the water and heading down to some, what seems to be the buffet down below. 
should we pick one of the other corridors? Because how many fish are actually going? Is it clogging the tunnel? How wide are these tunnels anyway? Like two divers wide, one diver? Two meters across, 10 meters tall. Okay. So Six you could by go 30. On top of the other, but not side <laughs> by side. Okay. Got it. And, and the fish going in, are they filling the whole thing or are they just... It becomes more obvious when you get down to the bottom. So when you, uh, when you come to the top of the debris field and then have a peek down that corridor, they're, because they're being funneled into a significantly smaller space, they're starting to... Yeah. It's definitely getting busy down there. Why don't we pick the first one on the, on the right of that corridor? Okay, so going around the clock, it'd be like the next right. one clockwise. Then. Right. Okay, so you start to. Head That's that a suggestion, way. not an order. You guys can argue with me. <laughs> okay, so unless anyone's uh, anyone's disagreeing, everyone's heading to this intersection yeah, here. I think mm -hmm. that's correct. Right. So as you emerge into the corridor, you get to see a bit more of a view of it going in each direction. And you can see that it evidently meets up with where right. the camera was seeing the entrance to the other, uh, the other one. But along the middle of that outer length, you can see that it forms, there another is definitely corridor. another entrance. And is there the same line going down the middle of the ceiling all the way? Yes. Uh, in this wider corridor, it's still the same kind of foot, foot width, but it's just in the middle of the ceiling again. Okay. Yeah, and then you've got this this room here, which, as you are right on the doorstep, you can see into. Um, it appears to be a small room, again five sides, um, but there's something off in the far the far corner that looks a little bit different than everything else in here. That there, it's not an empty room though. In the middle. There's something that resembles a wire frame that it, or metal framework, um, but it's little now more than a, just a twisted wreck that it's been torn apart, ripped to shreds, and bits of it are scattered all over the floor. But it looks like it used to run from floor to ceiling. Whatever its structure was, it's a bit hard to tell. Unless you want to give me a mechanical repair role, you can probably get an idea of the, at least what original shape it was supposed to be. A 13 is the regular success. Oh, okay. 39 regular. <laughs> Any others? Nope. Failed my roll. 18, yes. All right, so three of you then. Um, yeah, this, this thing looks like it once upon a time was probably some kind of si a set of five connected silos that were open on the outer edge, um, almost as if they were able to contain something cylindrical or barrel shaped maybe inside them and then around the outside walls around the the two walls off to your left and the two walls off to your right that then converge on this thing in the far corner which i'll get to in a sec there seem to be a series of large panels carved into the into the stonework almost like mur murals or artwork of some kind. Um, exquisite craftsmanship, but very fantastical uh, pictures. There's 
scenes were almost in the background seem to be mountains, um, towers of some kind of city construction. And then in the foreground, you have these weird, uh, again, like barrel-shaped things with almost like a starfish plopped on the head and these branch-like arms sticking out or maybe wings perhaps in some, in some instances. And these huge, in comparatively size to whatever size these are, but much bigger than the barrels, these kind of blobs that have lots of slits and circles in them as if they were maybe eyes or mouths that seem to be well, rearing up and leaning over the barrel shaped, uh, these barrel shaped things. And then in some of the next, uh, they seem to almost form like some kind of diorama going around the room. Um, in the next uh, panel, it looks like there's some kind of role reversal has happened that these, uh, these barrel things have got some kind of stick or some kind of thing that they're holding pointing towards these big blobs. Um, you can give me, probably int rolls are probably the best way to interpret this. Four is a regular. 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 Hard. In, in which case, it, it's looking, you're, you're all kind of fairly grasping this, even though there's no, there's no obviously words here, at least nothing in any language, you know, anyway. Um, depicting some kind of rebellion that it seems like these, these blob things are some kind of slave, but then they've risen up against their masters, these little barrel-shaped starfish head things, that the tide has then turned against these blobs and they've been subjugated. And then as it moves further around the room, there then seems to be images of these blob things in containers and that they are surrounded by these barrels, uh, these barrels with starfish heads, as they insert what look to be large tubes into the containers containing the blob. And then the very last um, of main slab diorama almost looks like a harmonious scene where you have these blob things uh, building vast cities across what look to be a representation of the globe. While their while their masters sit back in apparent either contemplation or relaxation, the thing in the far corner that divides these two uh, two sets of this one diorama going around the room is what looks to be some kind of crystal wall. It, it's almost like two sets of doors, a bit like um, an airlock, or in some cases, what you've been. Um, it's more a modern thing in airports where you step forward to go into a screen, uh, a screening room, okay. that the, the door will open in front of you. And then it's like two, uh, two slightly hemispherical uh, constructions that it, as it opens on one side, it closes on the other. Right. Uh, as it is crystalline, it's, it's not quite transparent. It's sort of slightly opaque, but you can see there's movement on the other side, almost like a swirling mist. I don't even know what to say to this. I'm full of wonder and terror. Should we go seems... see what that, what it is beyond there? What if we don't understand what we're seeing? We are, we're definitely seeing some technology that we can't even fathom. Uh, 
That looks like an airlock, if you ask me. Agreed. What if, it's, what if there's radiation or it's got to be something there? We don't have any kind of Geiger counter under here. Hopefully, we're not being exposed to any kind of radiation. Some contaminant of some kind, even if it's not radiation, it might be a biological contaminant of some some sort. I mean, obviously, there's something back there. Do you That's think air. that do you think this building was under the water before the roof broke? Could this have been filled with air? Is there any I mean, indication if, if that is, anything marine is growing on anything that we see, like little particles of seaweed or anything taking root? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I bet you this was full of air. Well, what if there's still air on the other side of that airlock? Then we would be causing the ocean to flood into it by opening the door. That is true, the pressure. And yeah. I am... I mean, we're down here. Where did those divers go? I don't know. Let's check let's, let's keep each looking. corridor. Yeah. We I don't have thinking. to go now all the way back to the middle because we can go along these others. But, um, and why? What, what? What if the reason why the fish are going to that one is because that is open, and that's some sort of nutrient that's leaking into the water? Maybe the Texans opened the doors in that chamber room. Maybe. Maybe it's, uh, I mean, we have no way of knowing any of this. I, I'm, I am completely, but remember that movie, Alien. Don't stick your head up near a pod of any kind. <laughs> if I see a giant egg, I won't stick my face in it. What do you think of these? Now, there was some indication in the, in the Antarctica thing that they had found marine specimens that looked like, um, I think Lindenbrook had described them as uh, uh, sea cucumbers, but large. Well, I, I don't know anything about that. Um, well, they kind of look like sea cucumbers, wearing starfish on their heads. And if it is a bit of a... I mean, I would chalk it up to some kind of religious iconography, some kind of ocean gods that yeah. they decided to worship. Age, can you tell how these were carved or what tools were used? Are they painted or are they bar relief? Bar relief. Yeah. Latter. Bar relief. Yeah, they, cool. I mean, they're, they're carved. Um, again, I'm, I'm a geologist, not an anthropologist. Uh, yeah, but you know, rock stone. What what is this made of? Uh, How old is it? Keeper, can I? A geology roll. And do we also see? Thirty-one or... is a hard success. Okay, this definitely looks like it's predominantly limestone, uh, which correlates with the normal bedrock of this part of the of the ocean, but it's somehow been altered. Um, on a fundamental level, this is almost like limestone plus. It, something has been added to it, which has strengthened it. But you're not exactly sure what. Almost like a limestone cement? Or marble. I mean, marble is basically limestone that's been heated up by volcanic activity. Mm -hmm. 
it's definitely gone through some kind of probably chemical process. Yeah, this is treated limestone that this is made from. It's undergone some some process to be like this. And do I do we think this? Sorry, go ahead. We don't see any kind of um, like blocks. It's smooth, except for the central seam that you mentioned. Completely smooth. Here, you can see that the ceiling does meet the walls. So this is complete. It's only that sent those central five blocks. You think, given how that they don't meet the ceiling, you think they probably could move and form like a vice that shuts off all the corridors at the same time. I see. This place, it's almost like it was fabricated. I was they, I was just they about made this to... limestone mixture and poured it into a mold. I was just about to ask, could this be modern? The airlocks, could this be something that has been built recently and then sunk here or something? Well, how old can is I make stone? an engineering roll to assess it? You can definitely give it, give that a roll, yeah. Could it be melted out of the rock? 28 out of 80. So we're a hard roll. Chris kind of almost beat you to the punch. Um, you think this has definitely had some kind of machine work where it's probably melted the rock around it and then treated the surfaces that are left and shaped it like putty. But again, this is beyond human technology. You, you're getting the basic idea of how it could be constructed, but you don't know the, the, how, the actual way it was done. You're all getting the X-Files vibe that we've discovered aliens? Uh, at least I wasn't the first to say it, but I've been thinking that since we came down. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep going. I mean, I I, yeah. I, I am just uh, I just want to. I know it's not our job, but I just want to know what what happened to the to the Texans. We got to be just be careful. Let's yes. all be careful. Extreme careful. Extreme let's make sure we stay together. Are you following through with Chris's idea of going round and basically yeah. doing a? Yeah, doing yeah. a circuit. All right. In which case, you uncover that. That there are five of these rooms that go off the, the circuit, we'll call it circular, but the pentagonal corridor that surrounds the chamber that you came in through. And each one of these five chambers also has what looks like this kind of airlock structure at the, on the far side of it. Um, there are variations on the bar relief that go around the walls that depict similar kind of uh, depictions that you saw in the first room. That again, some kind of rebellion, some kind of role reversal, or some kind of master retaking control, and then doing something to these blobs that some of the pictures almost look like they're soaring or dividing the blobs in two or subjecting them to some kind of third or some kind of external agent that then makes them completely submissive and smaller than any, and any of the other pictures. Um, as you finally get round to is it complete your circuit, uh, poking your heads into this room where all the fish are going to, um, if anyone is doing that, uh, yeah. raise your hand so I can get an idea of the number of people going yeah, in. It's the last time we've it's the last of the Okay, so the only one that's staying out is Gary. Uh, can everyone else then give me your choice of luck or diving as a role? 
I'm gonna go with luck. Mine are the same, so... 72 is two points too high. That's a fail. I got a 15, which is three points above a... uh, Three points above an extreme. I'll go extreme. I'll pay pay three points. Okay, the main thing is pass, so that's that's Mm. all you need. So you can can save your luck if you want. Um, Paige, were you trying to do a luck or dive check with your... Luck. Ah, right, so no luck on the luck roll. No luck on the luck roll. Right. Um, part of the danger you realise at the last minute then is, I'll stop the share, is that as the group of you are going in there, it's a feeding frenzy that all of the fish in here are congregating towards what looks like that, that airlock at the far end is open. But it's open on your side. It's then closed on the other side. So it's a state can only ever be open on one side at one time. Right. When it's opened this side, a huge volume of this kind of jelly-like substance, what was, you imagine, probably like a, a tall cylinder at one point, it's like jello. It's just melted down and slowly diffused out along the floor. And as the amount of fish have been coming in here, it's slowly being dragged out by just by sheer movement of, uh, of the animals coming in here, including the three Makos, which are running around and chomping away at large chunks of this. And you happen to get in the way when they start chomping. Uh, do you want to give me a D6? Uh, no. Who, I'm sorry, who's doing this? <laughs> the page is about to get bitten uh, by accident, okay. not, not intentionally. Five. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's probably enough for a scream. Uh, is that half of your hit points? It is. Give me a con roll. Uh, 15 is a hard success. Okay. Um, you, The three of you then that are in the room along with Paige see this Mako going jump, 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 and then just latch onto the arm. And there's a pig red cloud that starts coming out from her. All right, it's time um, to go. Has it got a hold of her arm? No, it purely bites, and then you it can tell it's definitely not interested. It's more interested in this stuff in the room, so it just okay. swims off. But it damage is done. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I am screaming and Paige, we need to go. About, uh, yeah, we need to go. Get her out of here. All right, Gary, can you give me a spot hidden roll? Is you're the one that's not in there? I was thinking about the sharks. That's why I didn't go in there. Uh, 36. What is it? Spot hidden? Yep. Uh, six points shy of a heart if, if the luck will help. Uh, if you want to spend it. Yeah, I'll spend it. I haven't spent any. Okay. You're definitely, as you say about sharks, you're pulling back a bit, giving them room, especially as the, there are a few swimming down here. And one of them swims past you and goes down one of the side corridor, uh, one of the side corridors off this inner ring, and you get to see a bit more detail of what's down there. On each side of the arterial corridor leading like to the next level or the next segment of this of this construct, you can see there are windows that look out into something that there's some kind of cloudy, again greenish, bluish something on the other side of these windows. The shark just Outs- continues swimming down it. Outside the windows, not inside the room, yeah, right? Outside. <clears throat> I'm outside. just going to swim over quickly. Okay, I will share again then. 
So it's this corridor that you're looking up. So right. on either side of these, you can see that the wall isn't particularly thick, but yeah, there's some kind of bluish void on either side. It's not solid rock or, well, you're not too sure what it is, but it definitely looks like some kind of void is occupying the space between the rooms that you've seen on both sides. And there are these globes suspend globes of light that seems to be suspended inside but otherwise it looks like this swirling the bluish greenish turquoisey mist uh, you follow the uh, follow the, your gaze this way looking towards where yeah. the shark's gone and as the shark turns and goes in this direction uh, there is another entrance to what looks like a dark room on the other side this is the only dark space that you've seen so far but there is a single what looks to be dive diver's torch laying on the ground pointed in your direction uh, in i'll i'm not gonna swim sorry what no, in the entrance to that dark room it's on the floor pointing towards you i'm gonna turn my torch on and look in thinking i've found the texans Okay, so you're swimming all the way down that corridor and then to the door? Well, I was going to... Oh, I'm pointing to the screen. <laughs> I'm going to stop <laughs> right where you have the mouse hovering right now yep. and shine it through into that room right above. Okay. Like, look down the halls and then... Because I know she's in trouble, so I, I don't want to take off too far. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, this, this corridor is lit. Um, it's about the same kind of width as the, right. kind of the in a ring. And it we're goes... talking about... The small corridor, right? Yeah, uh, you get to there where the cursor is, so on right. the corner. But you can see going either way because it's illuminated that it definitely goes off quite a long way in both directions and then becomes a turn in both sets. Looking in here, uh, you can see it's definitely a room, but it's pitch black in there. Otherwise, you illuminate bits of it, but you can okay. see you can see there's a floor, and there's what looks like probably if you get close enough, you can see there's something in the middle. Over the the mic system, I, I think we might have found the divers. There's a torch on the floor. Well, let's let's take care of the living first. We can always Happy. come back. And I swim back to see if I can assist them getting out. Gotcha. Right, you head back, and between the th uh, between the five of you, you can get back to the the middle room without any issue. Uh, it's not like Paige is bleeding out; just that right. it, that's definitely going to be a few scars. How but are you feeling, after... Paige? I'm going to shock on us. Do you want to? Do you want to go up? Up to the boat. We got to go up. Okay. You don't all have to come. I just, I just so, need to go back. Maybe yeah, one we, of us go up with Paige. I'll, I'll go up. We, we need to, we need to be very careful. There's a lot of blood in the water now. I agree. They, they don't, they don't seem to like the blood. No, that could change. Obviously, they it bit you for some reason. So, I'm just being careless. They're after the stuff in the water. Spare was in the wrong plot. It's, I think it's time to take a break anyway from as Gary's turning and heading back down the corridor you can give me a spot hidden roll 
one. I always waste them on spot hiddens. Uh, this ain't a waste. Okay, good. <laughs> right. Uh, you, as you're just about to turn away and start to head back, um, just by the way that you move, um, you can see in the torchlight, you hit something that reflects, that's floating in the water. And in that brief moment, you're fairly sure your, uh, your light has reflected off the flat surface of uh, what would be a regular dive mask. And that you get the faintest hint of the side of a face with an open mouth with no regulator in it that's floating in the, floating in the dark. I can confirm at least one of the divers down here, DOA. All right. And tag, tag, see if you can like just put a tag on it or something. Like, uh, can, anyway. Do I have a geolocation device with me? Or? Yeah, you can I, do the surveyor, so definitely. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I didn't know what we came down with exactly. I, give me a second. I'm going to swim up to it and I'm going to uh, put a pin in it. Okay. Okay, yeah, you swim into the room, uh, illuminating your way. Uh, it shows you the whole room, which, again, is about the same kind of size as the previous ones that you found, those previous five rooms. But this is something else. There's that central thing in the middle of the room is what looks like a pillar of crystal that forms a tube going up to some kind of crystalline almost like a cell in the ceiling, but it's cracked. So there's a, there's a massive hole where part of it's fallen open. On the far side of the room, there is what looks to be some, what you would think of in human terms as some kind of control panel, that it looks like some weird technology that you just haven't, on first glance, you haven't got a clue what the hell it does. But the walls off flanking either side of that, there are these railings that go from floor to ceiling where what look to be large slabs of wax or tablets that almost form some kind of uh, these look like books the each wax tablet is the page of a book slots into these railings and then it's the, they're stacked one on top of the other as if they're huge either manuals or records some of them are open um just as the way water movement has come through here and you can see those dots in, uh, been imprinted into these wax tablets and they are lit with phosphorescence that the dots glow in the, um, in the almost in glow in the dark. There are these long tube, crystalline tubes, again, that sit next to these that are full of various different colour, what look to be liquids or some kind of substance. The body of what evidently seems to be a uh, lady in her 30s, perhaps, uh, is up against one of them that has cracked and there is just this blue material all over the floor like a like an oil slick now how big are those tablets uh the tablets you think of them as like a uh, to use an example we would all know like an rpg rulebook size so about right. uh, that big but I... bigger than that I'm going to grab one, mm -hmm. hit the geolocate button, slip it under my arm, and then swim back to the group. Okay. You ain't going to believe this shit. Your 01 
on your spot hidden as you you take one of the books without any without an issue it kind of unclicks from the uh, from the rack and the next one above it doesn't fall down it just stays in place as you come out into that wider corridor off to the right where it bends you see a shadow move across the corridor and it moves this ain't some kind of trick of the light something big moved at the end of the corridor Something's down here, and it's huge. Be careful. There might be a great weight. There might be a great weight down here. I don't know how it could fit in here, but I don't think they like tropical waters there. Cold water. Um, Let's get out. Yes, we should go. Okay. There's only there's two groups here. So I'm going to say Chris, Courtney, Paige, and Peyton are one group, and Gary, you're you're a group of one. Uh, <laughs> can I have group luck rolls from both groups? So Gary, it's you, but then for everyone else, it's whoever has the lowest luck. I have seventy luck. I have sixty-five. Fifty. Ooh. All right, Peyton. Fifty percent chance. Nineteen. Woohoo! You're fine for the minute. Bye, Gary. 39 out of 60. <laughs> hmm? 39 out of 60. You're both fine. So as you reach, you get back to that inner ring, you meet back up and then head back towards that central chamber. And from there, it's a slow ascent to the surface. All right. All right. So when we break the surface, uh, I'll... Uh, yell over towards Michelle, I'd say uh, Paige uh, was uh, bitten by a shark. You had to get her out of the water and back to the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she says, I, I heard on the on the intercom. So she is ready there with a first aid kit to at least get band, uh, bandages in place. Uh, does anyone else want to try first aid or are you going to leave it to her? Do first aid actually. Pretty good at it. Let me have a look at it, Paige. Oh, I'm rolling really well tonight. Um, that's a hard success, yeah. Okay, right. In which case, you're able to uh, at least bandage her up and stop any uh, bleeding, clean up the wound, make sure there's nothing stuck in it, like a, a random shark's tooth or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, recover one hit point. I'm now a back above half. Hey. Now we're getting on to the back of the boat yeah yes you're you're starting to climb up um can everyone give me a spot hidden roll i'm gonna ask well actually i need to roll what my stealth is first see what that is skills now i put it here somewhere (laughs) hard success ah there we go Hard success. <laughs> Typically, my dice the first time I need to roll and I fail. Another critical failure. I'm enamored by this book. I rolled a ninety-nine. <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're looking at this thing. This is it's definitely some kind of it's wax, but it's been waterproofed with some kind of material, and then it's then these dots have been positioned in it. They're all aligned to the right, which implies that this thing is read from right to left. But yeah, this is some kind of document. 
did anyone well did anyone else succeed because all you need is a regular success at this point yeah, I, I did okay. as you are getting back onto the onto the tender and starting to uh, let's see, take off uh, take off the rebreathers presumably uh, you all see something move down in the hole and the thing that makes it stand out is that it's going the opposite way from the fish there's something that resembles a what looks like a ball maybe not quite as big as a football but maybe slightly smaller and it's shooting pretty much straight up from the from below it's come out of one of the cor of one of those corridor entrances and is projecting itself straight upwards through the water the way it's moving is almost reminiscent of a jellyfish that it's rippling sides are what's propelling it um, with extreme speed through the water and it's yeah it's coming up kind of in your general direction what is that you I, see I, that i don't know it's it's heading straight for us are, are we are we in the boat <laughs> you're in the boat by now yeah should we tell julian to just go well no we're not at the ship yet we're in the oh, boat. oh yeah sorry yeah um uh michelle go all right she guns the motor and starts uh, starts heading off uh who would like Goodbye, to roll Rod. her pilot boat skill unless anyone wants to jump in and take over uh, i have a 40 pilot boat 60. Ooh. i've okay, got she, a 50. she's definitely not as good as any of you uh, yeah <laughs> then i will go in all right courtney <laughs> Move right. michelle go, i'm gonna go, grab a hold of one of the boomsticks um Oh, I'm going to uh, spin luck. I'm going to spin luck. <laughs> yeah, grab a boomstick. I think you make it. You make a regular success. Yes. Yeah. Right. This thing, then, as you you move within a boat with a motorboat faster than it does, mm -hmm. you zoom out of the way and across out from the out from the hole, going back in the direction of the of the Griffin. Anyone looking behind and um, trying to see where this thing comes out of as you get, uh, as you, you lose sight of it for a second just as you move out of the hole, but then you see it emerge over the rim of the hole and then leap out of the water. But it's not leaping towards you, uh, towards you guys anymore as you're out of the way. It leaps towards the orca. And this thing, so it's about the size of a football, just flies in an arc over the boat. And as you, from your distance, you see it land pretty much square in the face of Rod that's still there, that still sat on his boat. There's a muffled scream and he hits the deck and at that point goes out of sight. What do you do? It, it got Rod. Should we go help Rod? Help him how? I, we don't even know what just happened. Kill that thing? I don't, I don't know. This, this is aliens. There's gotta be aliens. Isn't the Coast Guard coming? Don't think Rod's going to live to see the Coast Guard. You saw what happened. Well, we have our bang sticks. I have a rifle on the boat. Yeah. We do have weapons. Right, let's, yes. Let's, let's go, go see let's if go, the fish got it. Rod. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll divert to the orca. But we're all in agreement that that's probably not something we've ever seen before. Look at this. No. There's a library of them down there. I. More dots. This. It's this is going to sound very weird, you guys, but based on the murals, do you think maybe that's one of those 
blob creatures that's displayed in the murals? But, mm. I mean, that would mean those cucumber starfish things are fairly tiny then. There was no way to really judge the size. Mm-mm. Although in Possible. the stories from Antarctica, they were seven to eight to nine feet tall. But then the blob uh, things would be much bigger. Than yeah, that. this does. This is something else. The murals showed it being divided, though. And think about the thing we looked at out of the water when we pulled the jelly out of the water and it examined it under the microscope. I, yeah, I mean, uh, it's we crazy. We don't know what it is. We don't know we what it no is. One of those rooms in the back was leaking like a blue fluid, too. Blue fluid. This, this is almost exactly the same color as what you saw. That same color as that thing. This Are you is... saying you think it escaped somehow from something? I, I know, saw the body of one of the divers. It looked it, like it, it opened. If there was a tank of that stuff leaking out and it just attacked Rod, there could be more of it. And now I'm looking down at the water. <laughs> Everything seems the same as it was previously. There's lots of fish going down there. Um, here's my ridiculous assessment, but we have seen an underwater, underground facility, let's call it a facility, uh, that's doing something or, and was probably put there by aliens a million years ago. So we have no idea what the hell's going on down there. We need to get the military or whatever, whatever. we need to get, or not the military, let's get the scientists involved. Let's, let's We're not take equipped. care of Rod. Let's take care of Rod, at least yeah. try, and, and then we'll just walk away from this. Yeah, let's see what's got Rod. Back to the hotel, have a drink or something. <laughs> okay, you, government. you get over to the boat and uh, or tie yourselves up on the side. At that point, clamber on in, and he's laying down on the aft, the aft deck, looking up at the sky. He's like arms, arms out beside him. You can see his chest rising and falling, so he's breathing, and he's just laying there. There's no sign of anything on his is face. This, is his face wet? Uh, maybe slightly clammy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Look around. Look you around know, you said it. you said alien, and now that's all I can think of, Chris. <laughs> it went down his throat. Did you? Did you guys see that episode of the X Files with the oil alien? Yeah. What if this is like that? Um, I don't. I. I don't. I, I've I got bi- I've got biology. Uh, you guys have everything ready to, you know, in case something weird happens. I'm going to put my mask on so that it can't get me. But I'm going to go over and take his pulse. Okay. See if you he's responsive. Waiting back. You did say if you're looking around, anyone else that is looking around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking around, but like not near oh, yeah. Rod. <laughs> my dice <laughs> liked me for my opposed role. You uh, need an extreme. Oh, for what? Spot I hidden? failed. Uh, extreme spot hidden. Right, let's see. Let's see. Come on. I got a 20. I will spend the nine points of luck to make nope. an extreme with an 11. Panicking. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, away from me? So it sounds like it's only Paige. Um, as say Chris looks around, doesn't see anything, goes in to lean over the uh, lean over the body and have a look. Well, I say body. He's 
laying there and he's he's still alive but you catch maybe it's just in the light but you catch two very faint trails of blue viscous liquid that have just run almost like tears down the side of his eyes and then go into his ears um page however uh it's got maybe recoiling slightly at that and catches sight of this blue this cobalt blue blob hiding behind one of the dive tanks at the uh, the north end of the aft section of the boat it's behind one of the dive tanks get out of here let's let's just get the hell out of here yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Gary, like, just tag the boat. He's got food and stuff to survive if he wakes up. We're not just abandoning. Tag his he, boat and let's just leave. His eyes are wide open as he's staring at you laying right. on the... I don't know that I want to take him aboard boat. No, no, no. Uh, we got to warn that. we got to warn the, uh, the, the Coast Guard, too, so that they don't, like, come up here and get infected. Yeah. Nobody's going to believe us. They're going to think it's a prank. I'm getting back onto our boat. Yeah, let's get back on our uh-huh. boat. Yep. Constantly pointing one of our boomsticks at this thing where I know Mark it's Mark the hiding. coordinates or something so we can at well, least report it. As Paige got an extreme success, um, you can see this thing start to vibrate slightly and then almost what under normal circumstances would almost be imperceptible you can see it divide by this little blob, almost, almost as maybe half or quarter the size of a thumb uh, of your little fingernail. Just separate itself from the side, and it starts sliding across the deck towards you. And then another piece comes off, and another. It's dividing. And, it's... <laughs> and yeah, you've got these actually five little blobs now start going off at different directions towards where each one of you is standing. Run, run. Is, <laughs> is there any fuel is can or something? Roll? This thing is nuts. <laughs> well, um, Gary did open up the hatch to the engine to have a look in there, and there's the smell of gasoline coming from down, coming from down there. We can't leave Ron here to run, burn alive. Right, just run. Nope, I'm yeah. getting to the other boat. I mean, okay, so yeah, Peyton's I'm getting in our boat. Peyton's legging it. Run. Yeah. Yes. Yes, everybody's oh, running. Yeah. This okay. is this is alien monster shit. As because Chris was the one that was closest physically examining him. As you start to pull back, Rod just his head turns in your direction and he just goes out to uh, just goes out to grab your arm quite casually. Uh huh. Does he? Can, I'm going to try to dodge. Okay, I was going to say your your option of dodge or fight back. I got an 88. Ooh. So if we're playing. Yeah, dream. <laughs> that is a stream fail. See, this is another reason why why you thank the Call of Cthulhu rules. <laughs> They're in your favor at this point. I will roll my brawl, and of course, I fail again because my dice hate me. So yeah, he very casually just tries to grab your arm, and you you pull back very quickly. He's almost very, it's almost sluggish, like he just reaches yeah. out and tries to do that. But yeah, you can see him starting to rise up off the floor. This kind of vacant expression yeah. on his on his face. Yeah. <laughs> You're at this point, point, I'm almost ready to run to the edge, dive in, and swim the half mile back to the <laughs> ship. Okay. Yeah. So you, you all clamber in. Uh, Michelle's kind of frantically trying to untie the uh, untie the boat from the cleat that's on the on the side. 
and you have these five little blobs which are making their way towards you. And I throw my boomstick at the oxygen tanks on Ooh. the other boat. <laughs> Is there a flare pistol in the skiff that we're in? No. Give me a luck, Give me a luck roll. Yeah. I would assume every boat had one. It would oh, be on the ship. Uh, Not on the boat. 77. Uh, again, Chris has already answered. But maybe tantalizingly, as you're looking around thinking, flag and flag and flag and flag, you look up and see into the wheelhouse in the orca, you can see one suspended on the wall inside. But it would have mean getting back on the boat. Yeah, no, I'm I'm throwing. I'm trying to throw. <laughs> okay, this is going to be pretty tough. Because uh, in research for this, I was wondering what kind of damage is required to normally blow up an air tank. And one, there's a lot of YouTube videos about this. Normally, you need something along the lines of a 50-50 cal uh, round to go yeah. through. Uh, to they, go through they tried it on Mythbusters. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're 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 ruining my pulp MacGyver dreams here, <laughs> <laughs> but it's something your character might think at that moment. It, oh, for sure, <laughs> it's not impossible. But what I'm going to say is, you give me a throw roll, and ideally, you want to hit an extreme because then that means you do maximum damage with uh, with the cartridge that's when it right. hits. So you that's do four d six maximum on so it. That's a twenty. My pulp dreams are alive. If I spend 14 luck, do it. I'm spending yeah. 14 luck. <laughs> right, so that, mean, that means you hit it with an extreme so it does maximum damage. So that's 6, 12, 24 points of damage um, onto the tank. Now give me a luck roll. After having spent a load of luck. 50, I spent too much luck. <laughs> I... It goes off, but again, what normally happens when uh, when these tanks are pierced, you basically create a hole that the air just then rushes out yeah, of it like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not like a, not like that wonderful Jaws moment of boom, right? But it definitely it shat it ruptures a hole and then spews those four uh, those five blobs that were working their way across the deck towards you knocks them out of the park in fact knocks them so hard that they fly off the boat and drop into uh, drop into the water into the, big, water. the big one is still there but doesn't isn't coming towards you it's still hiding behind the other tanks let's go i've got get my on, hands out the yeah. side of the boat doing this trying <laughs> just, to get it to just to go faster <laughs> yeah. okay yeah you you separate yourself from the orca without uh, without any problem. Um, what do you want to do? I radio into the boat to get the rifles out of the storage. Mm -hmm. Get the boat ready to go. Yeah, get the, get the get the ship ready to go. Okay. Yeah, I say uh, we just drive straight to the ship and get the hell out of here. Yes. Well, and try to head off the uh, the. Uh, the Coast Guard on the way, because right, right. we'd be going that way, they'd be coming this way. Gotcha. Right. In which case, you start, as I say, driving, you start to piloting your way away. Um, behind you, if any of you do look uh, behind you at any point, uh, 
yeah, you see in the distance, say, gradually getting further away from you, uh, you see Rod stand up and he picks up another barrel of his chum and he starts throwing it into the water. And then after a little while after that, you see him quite casually uh, walk back into the wheelhouse. He comes back out with a what looks to be a uh, almost like a fish gutting knife, um, leans over the back of the boat, slits his throat, and you just see this red smear start to go into, uh, go into the water, and then the body topples in after it. Uh, you can give me sanity rolls, please. All the fish are affected now. And I failed that sanction. 24 is Fail. a pass. Okay, mm. uh, for a pass, just the one. Uh, fail, D4. Quickly seeing someone commit suicide. Only one. The only okay. one. I'm going to take two. two. You weren't too attached, attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> we almost were. We were almost attached to him. <laughs> but yeah, you see the body go over the, uh, over the side with a splash. And then it's very, very quiet over there. Don't go in. It's just going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not slowing down. I don't care if it looks safe. We're leaving. <laughs> Call the Coast Guard. Tell them that we need to, to meet them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you get to... <laughs> just seeing the chat. That's amusing. <laughs> um, you get to you get to the Griffin, at which point uh, the... So the Davit comes down, pulls the tender up, drops it back in place, and you, you turn around, pull anchor, and get the hell out of there. And about... An hour later, as say meeting them halfway, out in the open ocean to the west of Conception Island, uh, you are indeed met by a Coast Guard frigate. So, what what do you want to what do you want to do? Tell them or yeah, tell or them? Do we tell them? We tell them that we were sent out to survey the hole, and there's some sort of biological thing that was released. <coughs> that I'll go into too much detail. Well, this is before. I want to make sure they don't go out there. Yeah, they don't need to go out there. But see, Rod's there. They're going to reason that Rod was in distress and he was stuck out there. And we're, I, we will just tell them that they need to get a whole bunch more people. And we're going to wind up in some government prison or something. Don't, I don't want to tell them that. Dude. This could be something that infects the whole world. We don't know. We got to stop. Let's tell them there's something weird going on, and they can investigate it. And we go back home, and then they get infected, and they know. We have to tell them that there's a biological hazard, and they have to they have to get everyone away from that area, and then talk to the government. Who, Who owns the Bahamas? It, it does have the Bahaman government. It's got um, their own. Like yeah. the capital. Some sort of, we'll make something up that, uh, that when the hole opened, it opened up a prehistoric preserve under the ground and that there's some sort of biological, biological bacteria that, are, that, that is killing people, that can kill people. You can kill people and mm-hmm. keep them away and then go move to Peru where we can get as far away from. See, now you're thinking... <laughs> Okay, so you, yeah, you're effectively leaving it in the hands of the authorities by the sound of it. I think so. <laughs> we'll go back there. <laughs> right. 
we'll we'll move on a couple of days then. So as you get back to the mainland, uh, yeah, there's obviously Gillian's a little bit kind of wow. I wants to know what the hell happened on the uh, on the way out there. Michelle kind of explains bits of it from what she knows on the way on the way back home. Uh, Roger's going, like, oh great, uh, one of the best fishing sites around, and now I'm not going to be able to go there with some some weird bio contaminant whatever is hanging around there. So he's, he's a bit morose, but the others are still, they don't know what the hell to make of this. Um, but your contact at the tourist board is saying, uh, is recommending, well, stay um, stay in the area for a little bit, just in case it gets cleared up and we can send you back in, uh, back in again, if you're interested. Are people getting the hell even off Long Island or are you? Not interested, well, I live, sorry. I live in the Bahamas, so I'm kind of, Actually, from the, the the little bits and things that I believe and know, I'd probably go back to the USA and talk to somebody in the government. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably get grabbed by Delta Green, and I tell them what the hell's going on. Okay, so yeah, uh, Chris is running to the US. Gary's uh, probably going back to Nassau, just say it's home effectively. Uh, Courtney. Yeah. This was more of a job for me. Like I didn't have much of an academic interest in it. So if there's nobody to like escort, I'm like, well, this job done for me. <laughs> so I'm headed back unless they ask me if they like, were, if they were to say, we're sending another group of researchers down there, will you escort them? I actually probably would, you know, it's a job. And like, it, none of it made sense to me. I'm like logic in my head. Like I was probably some kind of sunken construction or something. So. Mm-hmm. I am going to spend a couple of days pouring over that book. Mm. Well, we'll get dot, a roll dot, for that. In a sec. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a roll for that in a sec. Page. No, I've learned one thing this trip, and that's a shark bites hurt like hell. So I'm probably just going to go back with Courtney and enjoy a couple of drinks and trying to forget about all of this. <laughs> just wait for it all to blow over. It's fine. And Peyton? I'm going to turn over all the photography to the uh, to the government. Um, and then I'm also going to go home to Nassau and try to pretend like nothing weird happened. Everything must we, we just overreacted. There was nothing strange there. Yeah, it was just exactly what we said it was, some sort of a biological contaminant. Okay. So within... A few days nothing hits the media there's no report of a blue hole there's no report of anything odd happening there in fact the only real thing that comes up in any of the media if you uh, you pay close attention to it is that a coast guard ship was reported missing in that area and that then a week after that there are uh, there are photos that start to uh, appear on some local uh, bahamas new sites that then quickly get pulled um, they're not they don't stay around on the net too long as photo surface of the frigate off the conception island wall pretty much parked where you guys had uh, left the griffin and there are bodies littered over the deck hanging over this hanging over the side of the ship um, each one looks like the, uh, at least part of the head has been blown open and there's just a, a large void inside as if something hollowed out the brain um, Gary, 
um, having a look over uh, this book, you start to piece together certain bits of it. Uh, you can give me an int roll to see if you can really get into the nuts and bolts of what this thing is. 20 out of 80, so that's five, uh, five shy of an extreme. I'll spend the work. You spend, yeah, you spend the five points. Um, through lots of trial and error and comparative uh, kind of summing up of what, what does this, uh, this symbol looks like this. So if this was a word, is this some kind of structure of how this thing is? Um, what's your chemistry score like? Chemistry? No, I have physics, engineering, mm -hmm. computers, okay, electronics. You're getting the, the general gist of it, but you haven't got the skill to be able to uh, dive deeper into it. But this looks like some kind of manual or some kind of a log of tests that have been done regarding biological warfare. Um, you have some kind of ro almost like a roadmap of how to make a bioweapon. This is what this, this book is documenting. But it's not meant to be used on people. It's meant to be used on something else. And again, a few more days pass. And there's these news stories start getting taken out. There's more pictures of uh, plane flights start going over Conception Island only to find large tracks have been almost carved through the, the earth as something big has rolled over the island. And there are just, so there are carcasses of birds, there are carcasses of other wildlife, there are sharks which are washing up on the shore, all of which have got these large holes blown from the inside out from where they're, uh, from their brain matter. And, oh, go ahead, Gary. If I start seeing that, I'm going to first. I'm going to take multiple photos of the book for my personal use. Then I'll overnight it to uh, CIA, or you know, I'll make sure to go in. You know, put a little disguise as best I can, and overnight it to one of the alphabet agencies. You could you could send it to me because I'm trying to get them to believe me. Well, I could send you pictures uh, if you text me. <laughs> Okay, um, and this all this culminates as you you send you send it off. You make sure it goes to someone who could hopefully use it, and that's when the first reports start coming out of the north end of Long Island. That, or rather, everything stops coming out of the north end of uh, Long Island, apart from one picture that rapidly gets uploaded to the cloud and then starts to go viral, of what looks like a large blue blob about the size of a house that just starts rolling out of the sea and starting to devour everything in its path. And that is where we will leave it. So, any questions? So, <laughs> Could we have so, stopped it? Oh, sorry, go ahead. The blobs were the things that the Elder Things created to destroy whatever brains the Shargoths had? Very close. Um, in the wake of the first Shoggoth rebellion, uh, the Shoggoths or the, the elder things realized that the Shoggoths could potentially be a problem. And it was all because they'd made a mistake and gave the give their stupid slaves intellect. They gave them a brain. So they thought, well, if we can engineer a biological weapon that could we could be deployed uh, that could be deployed quickly and affect only Shoggoths, we can potentially kill another rebellion before it even um, if it was in the start, if it was ever going to start again. 
this was a testing facility for that uh, for the biological weapon. And it was deliberately encased in the bedrock so that if anything went wrong, that the Shoggoths couldn't escape and effectively it would seal the, the whole area. Those uh, blocks around the what was originally a gate was the arch. Right. Normally, elder things don't use gate technology. They just flew wherever they wanted. But because this was a completely sealed unit, they had to have a way of getting out. So they built a gate. But of course, when the roof collapsed, that it it's smashed it. Gate. But they're also like blast doors that potentially if you'd accidentally, uh, if you poked around a few other bits, there's a way that you could potentially have started a lockdown and the whole base would have started to uh, started to close in on itself and potentially collapse because of the, um, the geologists had the hint that, yeah, there's all those cracks in the bedrock above the facility. You have something big rumbling down there and the whole place starts to vibrate. It could just collapse in on you if you accidentally started a lockdown. One of their Shoggoths got loose uh, when they uh, there was a floor in the crystal cell of the lab that was the last room that gary went into was <clears> one <throat> of the labs and this thing ran amok it killed all the elder things inside before they could get out and it was left in the dark with this huge storehouse of bio, uh, bio warfare material waiting to be let loose um, it had like one intelligence it had the the most minimal part of a brain left but say this vast storehouse of stuff left down there. Uh, the two Texans went around there, went around down there. The little shadow that you saw, the big shadow you saw moving, that was the Shoggoth still down there after a few, uh, after a few millennia or so a few million years yeah. uh, that had been surviving off the self-replicating food source. And basically it was just an eating machine. It was, it had no intellect. It had no, nothing apart from just the drive of, oh, food, hunger, eat. <clears throat> Um, but you pass your luck roll, so it didn't take any, it didn't take any attention in you, and didn't kind of try to head you off as you tried to leave the facility. Uh, the body in the uh, in the room, she had run in there after seeing her uh, partner devoured by the Shoggoth. Uh, there's a nice little homage to Jaws in there that there is uh, the remains of his uh, scuba equipment yeah. still suspended in there, which if you used, uh, say, either the uh, bang stick or a spear gun, you could potentially blow the tank up from the inside because it's weakened so much and that would potentially explode like a balloon and kill the shoggle. In playtest, I got someone that rolled no one with a spear gun and yeah, killed it in one hit. <laughs> that was anticlimactic. <laughs> Um, the body of the uh, the wife, she basically ran into the or swam into the dark room in the dark, become very easily disorientated, smashed into one of the containers of the bioweapon, and she got contaminated with it. Because it was still in development, it reacts very differently to a human brain, or um, particularly human brain matter, which is what it's designed to target, is the brain. It consumes the brain and turns it into something that's very much like a proto-shoggoth. So that blue blob that you saw was originally hiding in her skull waiting for you to recover the body and bring it to the surface. But when Gary turned away, it went, I'm not going to get out of here unless I get out, unless I get out of here myself. So it followed you out. And of course, when you got out of the way, it jumps on the, jumps on the boat, gets, uh, puts a little portion of it inside Rod's head and then hides. If you'd, uh, pages you'd seen it, if you'd thrown the bang stick at it and successfully hit, you could have killed it outright because this thing has, so, it's so weak. Well, in its starting form, you just get one hit point and you kill it. But you targeted the air tank and let it uh, let it survive. It's it separates itself off and it starts feeding on uh, all the brains of all the sharks. It's got Rod's brain, so it's doubled in size already, and it just starts consuming all the wildlife around it if you let it loose. And say so by running away, you didn't stop it, and it just starts consuming everything. It consumes all the brains of the. Um, 
uh, what's the word, the Coast Guard when they turn up and it just starts exponentially growing and growing and growing. And yeah, you have a massive, uh, massive killer Shoggoth that's running around this part of the Bahamas eating everything in its path. And we've destroyed the world. Oh, it's, they're not that much, they're not that powerful, but it's definitely this region had just become this way, lifeless waste because it'll eventually go back into the sea and start to just eat more of what it finds down there before it eventually turns its attention to the land again. Yeah, but won't the proto shoggoths just keep multiplying and moving outward and outward from that spot? And- yeah, they, they send off little parts of themselves that they can use to burrow into other people's brains and then consume them from the inside out. And then generally that will create another blob, but it will be instinctively drawn back to its original original creator. So if I, I had t- just attacked it, instead of trying to, you know, be all cool, pulp style, <laughs> yeah, you saved would, you a lot of lives. You would have saved a lot of people, but those are the breaks. <laughs> Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Holly Buto, Lindsay Thompson, uh, Jason Melanchuk and myself with uh, Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of the secrets. We have a Discord server where you can chat with our other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. There's a link below. We provide audio only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our game club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.